Are we done? Oh, we haven't started. You are listening to CIA, Cinematically Informed Americans, on Lucid Geek Speak. Where's the off? Where's the off button? Welcome to this week's episode of CIA Cinematically Informed Americans. My name is Sean Jones. My co-hosts are Fred, Jordan, Andy. Andy is our special guest host this week. And we have a few housekeeping things before we get to the rest of the show. Just one new episode's up for our first episode for Origin Stories is up. And the first episode for Save Points, which is our gaming podcast. So, you know, if you're into gaming, check us out. We also have... Did we have CIA classified up by the last episode? No. Okay. And we also have the first episode of CIA Classified, which is out. And we're going to be changing it to uh, just Lucy Geeks be classified, LGS classified. Just so that way we can kind of address just things that are over the whole. I guess it'll be the spinoff for all of our shows, really. So just kind of little things that we don't quite fit in in any, other, any of the other episodes. Uh, with all that... Out of the way, let's just jump let's jump right into Andy's top ten. Let's go ahead and do it. All right. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. I went ahead and uh, borrowed Fred's rule. No movies from before I was born. So that has like five right off the list right there <laughs> that I had to go ahead and rethink. But what the, year were you born? 88. Uh, in no particular order, Princess Mononoke. You put... I love Princess Mononoke, or whatever, or Mononoke. But I, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. I thought it was really, really good, but I didn't know if I'd put it. I thought it was it. pretty good, too. Um, I liked it. But I think, you know. Wasn't that a... If I was going to pick one of those movies, it would probably be Spirited Away. But Spirited that, Away, no. That's it just a, me. It was a really good... I don't know. I just, I'm with you. I, and I, really, I, the, what's really surprising to me is that Andy didn't pick Kiki's Delivery. Isn't it Miyazaki? <laughs> I am Miyazaki. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All those. Uh, he just... I don't know. Howl's movie That's Castle. my favorite of his. Yeah, Princess Mononoke. Not I like only Howl's is it movie like, Castle too. That's pretty good. I mean, it's the only one that I've seen really besides uh, Floating Castle and Castle and Sky. Howl's. I think my favorite not thing Howl's. Howl's. Howl's, Howl's, Howl's movie the other Castle. I like that because Bale's in it and he does the Batman voice when he's like the demon. It's like, hi <laughs> there. Oh, it was. It wasn't. Then he do the exact same thing he did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like. I, I do love all of his other movies. Like his just fantasy aspect. I don't know if I've seen all the other ones. Well, all the other ones that I have seen. The last one that I watched, that I really really liked. Uh, was it? Ponyo? Yes, Ponyo. Oh, yeah. Really? I really liked it. No, me it and Indy watched it. Me and Indy watched it. That was one of the movies, one of the early movies that Indy really got into when he was real little. Like that was one of the movies we could watch. You know, Miley Cyrus's younger brother played Ponyo. The um, girl. Is this what this is going to be like? <laughs> <laughs> you bringing up? Anyway, Nick, Princess Mononoke. The reason it's good. <laughs> Wait, this movie, wait, Princess Mononoke. Okay, no. let's go back to that. The deleted that is your... tentacle monster race. So this is your number 10, Princess Mononoke. <laughs> that might be what you uh, Amazing, no. man. I don't know, I just... I don't know, all those other movies have female protagonists. I just really... I don't know, I could relate more just, like, to the boy. I mean, he's a little more badass than I that ever could strange. hope to be, but... Does it? You're talking about Princess Mononoke? <laughs> yeah, Ashitaka. Wasn't, wasn't like, the girl, like, the yeah, kid? Yeah, I would think that wolf, it's called Princess the girl, the girl blah, 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 the... that maybe she would be one of the intergirl... Yeah, she's probably yeah. the title character. But not, she's, character. Not, she's not the main It follows Ashitaka. Yeah. But was he, like, a warrior type? From what I remember, like, it's been a years since I saw last... Actually, the first time I saw it, I saw it in Japanese, so I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I, I had a friend... 
he's Japanese American. Mm-hmm. His parents are full Japanese, and they would go over to Japan. When he came back, he always brought like he had weird movies and stuff. And I watched Princess Mononoke when I was in middle school. And I didn't know what exactly was going on, but it looked really cool. <laughs> it's pretty easy to tell in movies what's going on, even if you don't uh, speak. Like, you know. And it, like, Spirited Away especially. You can follow that. Just the any, visuals alone. You don't need though, any audio at all, really. I mean, they're all, like, pro-environment. And oh, yeah. Have, have that feel to them a lot. Really yeah, and the weird ghost babies. That was a good one. I like ghost babies. <laughs> 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 Not since Avatine have I heard something like that. <laughs> like the forest spirits, like with the clicky. Yeah, okay. They're really yeah. the forest and river spirits in yeah. all those movies. Yeah, it was good. Very I liked it. I'm kind of okay. surprised. What's next on your list? When was yeah. the last time you watched Princess Mononoke, though? Last week. Okay. Yeah. And before that? Before that, a few years. There will be blood. Yes. I, re- I don't know. I just. Great Daniel Day Lewis movie right it there. It all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> I love the the cinematography yeah. and I don't care like if anybody else if everybody else in the movie was too bleak or too dark or anything anybody really has to say. I just <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis himself is just so fucking yeah. awesome. He's, I agree that the, it, was, it, was, it was really a gorgeous movie. I really feel like wonderful. But when he was doing that movie, I started to get the feeling that he kind of is pretty much the same super intense guy in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Watching that movie, I thought, oh, this is the guy from Gangs of New York. In a different place and time. I mean, that's that's really what I. I not that I'm not no, in the no, movie. No, it's fine. I'm just saying when I got to that point, I was like, hmm, I've seen him do this before. He gets really angry and he's really intense, and people respect him. Yeah. I mean, like that's a. It's like his We've thing. We've seen Johnny Depp do this from time. It's like to Denzel time Washington. Too, Wait a minute, he's either a football coach or a cop. You what? know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know. They like, in that movie though. He had a very uh, odd way of speaking. Right, just like really in Gangs of New York. Not that it was the same way of speaking, but he had this, some odd little, you know, quirk about the way he spoke. And it's like that if you look back at his movies, almost all of his characters, he kind of does that a little bit. Which oh. makes it awesome, but I'm just saying I started to see him as kind of a, in this pattern by the time that, and like I said, it's a great movie. But I really started to see him kind of getting in this pattern. It's like the Al Pacino, ooh, like him freaking out kind of thing. When he got into that thing where that's all you saw him do every three years was, you know, the football movie, the... He's a blind ex-marine, whatever. He's still doing the same thing. And I started to get that feeling from Daniel Day-Lewis when I saw There Will Be Blood. I liked it, and the scenes were intense. And like you said, it was bleak, but I'm into that. I like Russian authors and all that stuff. So the, that didn't bother me. But I really did start to feel like his, as an actor, he was getting in this kind of cycle of, of kind of playing the same type of thing. I would say the Gangs of New York, yes. But before that, I mean, what was there? The uh, Last of the Mohicans, he's not really quite like that. For the most part of The intense. Crucible, he's, he's not really intense. like that. He's not the same kind of violent kind of outburst kind of person, but he's pretty intense and very kind of uh, set in his ways kind of thing. I would just say that the scene in There Will Be Blood where... The baptism scene yeah. is just, I don't know. Yeah, I think it, that stands out. It leaves out way fun. more of an impact for me than any other movie that he's really done. I mean, Gangs of New York was a decent movie. It was. I like, liked it. Was it. Too I didn't, I what didn't about like My it. Left Shoe? My Left Foot? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, either way. It's it was like, like a my right foot. <laughs> yeah, right? That's just, or, well, no, it wasn't it like he was diagnosed as mentally retarded as a kid or something. I haven't watched the thing. 
don't know. I need to give it a shot. I, I heard Daniel Taj talk about it. It's bad, you know, apparently. It, you can pick it up. What was really funny, though, was that in the making of that movie, because he gets so into his characters that he went around in a wheelchair the whole time, even no, when they weren't shit. filming. And, like, there's a part where he was going over and there were, like, these cables and wires set up on the, on, in the studio, like, where they're filming. And he's like, he asked for help. He's like, I can't get over this. And they're like, dude, you can fucking walk. <laughs> Stand. But they had to lift him up over the He's like Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of oh, he's kind of kind of. I really cool. like Tropic no. Thunder. <laughs> but uh, you know, so good. you got you can't say he's a Western pony though because he did he just did actor. Actor. true. He just did Lincoln, and he's definitely Tom Cruise. No, 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 going back Daniel to Daniel Day-Lewis. Day-Lewis. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis. He just did Lincoln, and he's not like he's not a super stubborn, intense guy. Does not on the same level anyway. I mean, I guess Lincoln's pretty stubborn. <laughs> Does he talk a lot, and people really respect him, and he has a weird kind of quirky way of speaking? That's like, I mean, half of movie characters. But... <laughs> sure. Yeah. Over half of the ones he plays. <laughs> There will be blood. Loved it. And Great movie. As far as uh, that's Paul Thomas Anderson, right? Yes. Did you like his other movies? Uh, Magnolia. That's the same guy, right? Magnolia and Boogie <coughs> Nights. I think was also from him. I loved Magnolia. What about I like Boogie Nights, Nights good a too. lot. I haven't seen either of them. No. What the fuck? Oh, oh what do you shit. do? What do I do? Hey, hey. No, it's okay. Okay. What was the movie you said? Boogie Nights and no, no. Magnolia. That wasn't on his list. No, no, I his movie was There Will Be Blood, but it's directed oh. by Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, you're just asking about like that. Okay, I thought this came up. Oh, never mind. Uh, watch what was the what was the newest Philip Seymour Hoffman the Scientology one the Just Master that. the Master mm. uh, I, I do want to see that one. that's based that's about Scientology yeah I had it, no well, idea what it's not, it's about. not like the movie <laughs> is about is, but it's, 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 it's definitely story then right so he's basically his, yeah like, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is very Hubbard-ish and Joaquin Phoenix who has apparently given up his you know rap career. <laughs> to come back yeah. to acting. Yeah. Uh, this he is his first role back, and he, of course, actor. has gotten all kinds of rave reviews for his performance of that movie. It's uh, pretty intense and kind of weird. Uh, I liked it, but I like really strange things that most people won't sit through. Yeah, I would say the next on my list is uh, A Mighty Wind. That I love it. Scene. How do you pick between all those movies, though, like A Mighty Wind and Best in Show and Spinal Tap and all the, How do you pick from all those movies? They're all so similar. Like, I, I do love that movie though. I just I don't know uh, Eugene Levy as like a Bob Dylan type character was probably yeah, but in Best in that. Show he has two left feet. Literally, they both curve the same way. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. I, I, I they called, used to call me what are they the Loopy because they used to walk in circle. I have two left feet. And they show him and they both. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I wanted a Christopher Guest movie on there, and I just had to choose the best one in my opinion, and the one about the folk music and everything. It just when did that movie come out? Two thousand and three. So, You've never heard of it? I've never I mean, seen it. No. You know like, what it is? Christopher Guest, like a mockumentary, like this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> You've best seen all those, like Best in Show. Best in Show. I never watched Best in Show. <laughs> I'm not up on my Christopher Guest movies, Comedy? You know who Christopher Guest is? He was in The Princess Bride. Yes, he's, he's the guy Finger Man. Yes, that was, I knew uh, that. That's and I've seen that. Spinal Tap. That movie, movie actually, uh, Princess Bride, made my list of movies before I was born. 87. I mean, I was going to try and go with, like, I was conceived, you know. <laughs> to Andre no, the Giant. I wasn't at that well, point. Well, if you're raised on the movie, I mean, I think it should be able to make your list, you know, as long as your parents, you know, maybe. Well, now we're letting Jordan make all the rules. Personal favorite. 
Well, my parents like killer clowns from outer space. I mean, <laughs> not to knock my parents at all, but they enjoyed that movie too. Right, right. It was also fun and ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, Mighty Wind is a uh, I'll check folk music. I need to check all those. Yeah, yeah. Best it's a parody show, of like, folk Wind. music, and what it's like a well, some band is getting back together for, for a reunion. Like you said Dave McKean's in it also. Oh, that they're all they're always the same it's people. Always basically, the same guy. Harry Shearer, Dave McKean, uh, Parker Posey is in almost all those yeah, movies. Harry, wait, I already said Harry Shear. Uh, uh, Maureen O'Hara, is that what her name is? What's her name? No, no, that's not her name. The chick, the mom from uh, Home Alone. Oh. And mm. Billy Beetlejuice. Yeah, I don't remember the actress. She she's in all, I don't know, she's in most of those movies. Maybe she's not in A Mighty Wind. I'm pretty sure she is. She's part of the singing duo, the man and woman. They're trying to get together after all those years. Marty and whatever. It's Catherine O'Hara. Correct me. I didn't know what the name for her <laughs> She's the chick. Nailed it. That's her. Okay. That's not, the, you're that's not the mom from Home Improvement. Home Alone. Home Alone. Well, I thought you yeah. said Home Improvement. No, oh, no. she never did anything else but that. She <laughs> no. works at a Walmart somewhere. <laughs> they have what the hell Walmart are you doing? Home Improvement. You said Home Alone and Beetlejuice. I did Beetle say Juice. Beetlejuice. I know you said Beetlejuice. But Clearly. All right, well, okay. What's next so, on your list, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're running low on webs. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have a fish called Wanda. Great ah, I movie. Liked it. I liked it a lot. That was good. Joan, have you seen that one? I have not. You, you haven't? haven't? It's I good. No, I it's really good. Seen see, I just after. No. You'll see. That's a movie that's oh, no, good, no. but I would man, top ten. Jesus. Well, he obviously likes comedies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't think any comedies made your top ten list. They may not have. Yeah. I mean, no, I just I mean, don't like to laugh. I might be wrong. <laughs> That's not true. I might be wrong. But I don't I, like humor. Yeah. <laughs> I just, My ancestor was Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> I don't know, I've always just, you know, loved that movie. Uh, Kevin Klein's character, I was just... Oh, yeah. Like it. He's just like yeah, when he's just like spouting like Italian and like smelling his armpits. It's just. <laughs> we eventually do need to do a please, uh, and he speaks like three languages. We eventually do need like a top five for different genres. That's fine. Yeah. Do if you to want to do that. eventually. I can do it right now. <laughs> we have a number six minutes. <laughs> Dark City, also on my list. Good movie. Top ten. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. With most of these movies, it, it kind of. That's Surprise the one me. with uh, the bad guy from A Knight's Tale. Yeah. Ruf- yeah. Rufus. Is it Sewell? Sewell? Rufy Sewell. I don't know. I've not seen Dark City. You've never seen either. Dark City, You've so seen good. A Knight's Tale, don't right? You call me a mother. The bad guy that likes to measure you and find you wanting. He's like the main character in that movie, right? Yeah. Also has uh, a great Sutherland movie. And- Keeper Sutherland has a very strange. And role his dad is in it, too, right? Donald Sutherland's also in that movie, or no? Nope. Has mm. William Hurt is in it. You love the William Hurt. And Jennifer Connelly. I love the Rocketeer. Jennifer Connelly. From your favorite movie, The Rocketeer. That's not my favorite movie. From our favorite movie, Hot Anything with Jennifer Connelly in it is good. The Hot Spot. That's my favorite. What was that one movie she was in with the DP? Requiem for a Dream. There we go. As to it. There's a recommendation. As to it. Oh, Jesus. Jennifer Connelly, yes. Great actress. Dark City is just, uh, oh, it's just a good movie. It's weird, right. twisted, creepy. It's good. I think you'd, you, uh, you'd like it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen City of Lost Children? Same, was it the same director? Because it had the same kind of vibe. It, it does notorious? have the same kind of vibe. I don't know about that, but it's a, it's it's a, a French... Crow. It's a French movie. It was the same guy who directed The Crow? The Dark City, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't think that's the same. That, that City of Lost Children was like a French movie. Yeah. Ron Perlman's in it. Yeah, it was weird. So weird. Dark City, though, uh, one last thing. Dark City and 13th Floor 
And I think there was another one. There were like a few movies that came out right before The Matrix that all kind of had similar theme going on, like this whole... Like, people being confused about the true reality and stuff like that. And a lot of people were making comparisons between those two. Dark sitting in 13th floor before The Matrix came out that kind of seemed like they were almost inspired by the same stuff. Well, I feel like that's been an ongoing thing in movies for a while now. Where people rip off. pretty much our society. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things yeah. I really like about Dark City is for the longest time, it held the record of, like, shortest average shot. The shot would always change... So it was like the movie for the ADHD generation. <laughs> I don't know, just the scene changes every point two five seconds. Hey, it, it just really left like. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, though? yeah. It left like a really short shot time. A tense, uneasy feeling with just how many shots. I, I do remember it being real. The cut of it was kind of choppy and gave you kind of threw you off kilter the way they cut to different things. It just it was just I don't know. It added to like the the nerve factor. Yeah, it was. It sticks with you. It's definitely worth checking out. Next, I'll say Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, movie. I made my top ten. That's yeah. a good movie. It's a good movie. Impression. Yeah. That was my favorite movie that came out that year. Uh, but all the Charlie Kaufman movies, I think, they're pretty good. Except for one, uh, Human Nature. And I think that stars the guy who played the Lizard in the... Reese Farms? Yeah, I think he was in that. Oh, from the but, Amazing uh, Spider-Man? Yeah, it's a movie like Human Nature. They basically found a dude who was like raised out in the wild. It's like a Tarzan kind of story. And he just... I don't know. It, it, it didn't called? really... It's called Human Nature. Hmm. But the writer, though, everything else he's done has been phenomenal. And, uh, one of the movies, I think either both of you... I don't know if you've seen it. But we talked about adaptation. We were right. talking about Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's good. from that's Charlie Kaufman, and I thought that's a really good movie. I enjoyed it. And being John Malkovich, I know you guys have all seen that. Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind was just a great movie. It's the uh, best Jim Carrey movie I've ever seen. Yeah, really it's true. Really, I mean, The Majestic was. I was going to say I really liked The Majestic, and yeah. you know, I liked the first Days of Ventura, so sue me. I, <laughs> I like them both, so <laughs> you can double sue me if you'd like. Uh, you probably have it's the one in with the fat kid. The fourth one with the fat kid on it. It's like Dumb and Dumber. Right? His son or whatever. The third the shit on the walls. Oh, I never seen that one. Shit on them. But uh, I don't know. That's uh, I guess if I guess no, that's I, I guess that's me saying like I have to have like a romance on this list. If, if I was, I was going to say to, top three you already had movies, I'd put that one probably in oh, top. It's be probably one of my shot. favorite Kate Winslet movies. I uh, I'll, I'll bypass Titanic. I'll do it. <laughs> we all know what happens. <laughs> Ship goes down. Uh, next, I'll go ahead and say Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Right. Yes. So you're with me. You you also like the first one the most. I do. It was between that one or Return of the King. Okay. I love both of those movies. I mean, the middle. Something about the. the something about, like, know, the beginning, the whole, like, meeting everybody, preparing for a grand adventure, and then, like, and then the conclusion. The big battle, yeah. yeah. It's just uh, wonderful. But I couldn't choose Return of the King for the simple fact that I don't like saying goodbye to something. And <laughs> uh, Fellowship of the Ring is just all about the great beginning. You Are you gonna cry? Because <laughs> we don't allow that unless you're talking about comedy. It's about the start of an adventure. It's it's good. It's a great oh, movie. It's a great movie. It's so good. And it's a good thing they didn't bring Tom Bobadil into it because it would have just got confusing there for a little bit. Just speaking in riddles and rhyming rhymes, riddles. rhyming riddles. Just come on, we can't do that. That's two R's. So they did bring it back with the ends. The ends. Did Plus, the because they had the limited true. amount of time, That's I true. feel like you know we talked about this before. I feel like having him re- be able to offhandedly reject the ring would have really threw some people off and confused them and maybe lessened the power of the ring in them as yeah. far as in context of those those. those movies, I'm saying. Yeah, because it was kind of nice how everyone was terrified of it. Even Gandalf's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, no, I do not want it. <laughs> yeah. 
But I think that would have that would have maybe would have lessened the whole respect or fear of the ring. Or yeah, whatever. I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. So on the list is The Departed. Oh yeah, not no. a comedy. Great, not a great, comedy great, great movie. movie. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, The Departed's one of those movies. Like, say some of these movies, like I can't. It doesn't have as much rewatchability for me. Like I couldn't watch it a bunch of times. I like I it a lot. Say that it's a, it's good a great movie. movie. It's a yeah. really I'd good, call it good yeah. movie. You would say good movie. It's really good. It's just, uh, you know, it's something about the rewatch. The it doesn't have the inexhaustibility for me, but it's really good. I, don't know, I, I thought it was great. I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know. Just the whole story of two rats and two different organizations, and just who's gonna get who first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the better things that I've seen Mark Wahlberg in. That's probably the. Oh come on! Are we forgetting about the other guys? Yeah, I think you guys both just confirmed what I just said. Oh, uh, <laughs> Brothers no, and Three Kings. No. Those are good movies, but not as good as The Departed. Come on. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're, but wait, now you're talking about... <laughs> yeah, Will Ferrell in the other movie. Come on. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know, just... No. <laughs> You got no backup. Yeah, you got no backup. <laughs> All right. Not only am the only Asian in the room, I do, I still have no backup. Oh, I got your back. I'm down. So the other you. guys didn't have Jack Nicholson and or Ray Winstone. Yeah, well, this is my, this is exactly my problem with that movie. Departed. I feel like two or three people in that movie, their parts were beefed up because of who was playing them, and not because it was really that important what was going on. They like they had to make sure that everybody that ever done an, uh, an underwear ad had ample face time on screen, and I, I don't know. I just felt like, again, I felt like they tried to shove too much in it, and it was, it, I didn't, I don't know. I, I wasn't that impressed with that movie. Everybody was all jerking themselves off over it, and when I finally saw it, I was like, yeah, it was pretty good, but I wasn't, you know. I, I like it. Whatever, I'm not ripping movie. your movies but down, yeah, I'm just giving my opinion movie. on your movie. Oh, yeah, you said it's a good movie. <laughs> what do we got? Darjeeling <clears throat> Limited. Great. Great movie. So, yeah. I remember, you know, yeah, Fred talked about it on, I think, the first bit. episode. Yeah. The other week it missed when everybody was just talking about Wes Anderson. It wasn't brought up even once. It's one of the only, I'm trying to think of the Wes Anderson movies I haven't seen. That's one. Bottle, Bottle, Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. I haven't seen. On Netflix? Which one? Bottle, Bottle Rocket. Rocket. It is? Yeah. yeah. I might have to give it a shot. Austin's seen his most recent, Moonrise Kingdom. Great movie. Almost made the top ten, but. And then I think. Isn't it more of a romantic thing? See, that movie I had mixed feelings about. About uh, Moonrise Kingdom? Moonrise Kingdom, yeah. Just with the the portrayal of the actors, they are portrayed to be, I think, 12 to 13 year olds, right? Am I I right with that? I don't know. The kids? Andy? I thought they were a little bit younger. Okay, well, that's even worse. (laughs) No, no, I'm, I'm. I know what you're talking about, but from that... I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Go you'll ahead just, and continue. You'll just have to watch it. Oh, but I'll just continuing with it, just, I don't know, it had uncomfortable tones with it, because they almost, they brought these kids that are portrayed to be, you know, very young into, into this adult type of role. I just, I don't know, it... it it just nerve with me a little bit. I mean, I loved Edward Norton in the movie. Bill Murray, my God, Bruce Willis. I, I'm gonna go good. chop down a tree. <laughs> just that, that part would, just got me. But yeah, there's a lot of great acting in that movie. I did have some mixed feelings about it. No, I uh, Moonrise Kingdom. I don't know. To me, it did have. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, and I did. Yeah. I did feel that way when I when I was watching it initially. But I yeah. started to get a feeling more of like a 
Wendy and the Lost Boys from the girl and everybody, like all the other, all the scouts and everything. But uh, back to Darjeeling Limited. That was just mm-hmm. yes. yes. Luke Wilson, uh, Adrian, Adrian Brody, Brody. Brody. Jason Schwartzman. Oh, is that a Bill Murray for about a minute? It's yeah. one of the best <laughs> Bill Murray Easter eggs yeah. you'll ever get to see. I'll check it out then. I, I heard mixed things when it came out, but I think you generally hear mixed things. From general audiences when it comes to Wes Anderson movies. I think like some yes. people just don't get it at all. Well, I mentioned this before, but you, you know, I know there are people that really much. enjoy his movies and people that are too stupid to understand him. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. Like, you either get it or you ones. don't. And if you don't get it, you don't need, you know, don't watch any more of his movies because they're all going to be like that. See, I Don't like keep it. watching his movies and going, I didn't get it. It didn't make any sense and it wasn't funny. Like, I, you know, if you didn't get I the like... first five movies he made, stop watching his movies. You're never going to get it. See, I like most of his movies. The only one I haven't liked was Royal Tenenbaums. So See, I guess I need well, to watch but again, we've already established that sometimes you need to watch movies at least two times before you realize they're actually pretty good. Every once in a while. Who yeah. doesn't? See, it came up like four times in the first podcast. <laughs> it was like, like, it's like two or three movies. I need to do the same thing. I felt the same way about Royal Tenenbaums. I didn't really enjoy it the first time I watched it. So I feel like I need to just give it a second chance sometime and just kind of get I think what bothered me when I watched it from what I remember, part of it was that I didn't feel like Luke Wilson and Gwyneth Paltrow felt very convincing. I just didn't... I felt like they were playing weird characters like they were trying too hard. I think That's how Luke I felt when I was Wilson watching Wilson played one of the best characters in the movie. Yeah, I thought they both <laughs> did really well. I thought, <laughs> I, I thought they did a good job of being really awkward around each other because they had these weird, like, feelings. Yeah. I mean, even though they weren't really related, they were raised together, you know, yeah. so... Something about it, I don't know. I'll, I'll give another shot eventually, but uh, Darjean Unlimited, I'll have to check that one out, because I know you and It's really Fred good. Both, like, you know, the yeah, first... I was getting the Sean Jones factor. The first time I watched it, I just couldn't... I just couldn't get into it, and I just... I thought, I don't really like this movie, and I tried it again, and then all of a sudden, it just... Something clicked, and I, I watched it over and over and over for, like, two weeks. I had Andy's copy of it, as a matter of fact, and just... Yep. Nice. ...watched it nonstop for... Weeks and I, it's just a great, it's a great movie. I'll check it out. What else we got, Andy? Uh, the last movie on the list is number one. We're at number uh, no, one. yeah, but no, no, no particular order. Oh, you didn't. Okay, no, no, I got you. Big Fish. Yes, great movie. It's a great yes. movie. Wonderful film. That's probably I, I had to be on Netflix. Ever scissor hands. I had Big Fish thing. on my list a couple of times. I don't remember if it made the final cut or not. My, my it, yeah, yeah, I don't think it was on there, there, but I, that's one of my all-time favorites. I debated yeah. between Scissor Hands and Big Fish. Uh, as far as I, just one of those two movies. Big is. Fish is a great movie. I really don't know what to say. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard with that one because I mean, what do you say whenever a movie just I, you know it's just it's fucking really. I'll good. say this. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite movie with the one guy where he doesn't have a ten foot long blue penis. <laughs> uh, oh, Ian McGregor? No. Uh, Ian McGregor, the, uh, uh, the guy Crudup. from Almost, yeah, Billy Crudup, the guy from the Jay Prefontaine story, and Almost Famous. Almost Famous, yeah. Yeah, he was he was really good at all the. But he played Doctor Manhattan, and then yeah. of course he was in the Big Fish. He played Albert Finney's son. He's like the main character. Yeah, um, I was trying to think of something with with Big Fish. Oh, I'm a huge uh, Pearl Jam slash Eddie Better fan. Okay. Did anybody notice? Does oh anyone remember the song? Goodness. I uh, whatever, Fred. Whatever. But does anyone remember the song that plays at the end of that movie? I don't know it's the first I, song that kicks in with I the credit start. Does it sound like? Not quite. Probably a lot like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Man of the Hour. Yeah. Really great song. For the movie. It is 
So I do remember the soundtrack of that movie being pretty good. So <laughs> yeah, those big fish, a great pick though. Yeah, thank you. Especially uh, to save that for the end because that's pretty indicative of your weird kind of juvenile, girly, romantic list. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously you you have a girlfriend you're in love. It's obvious by your list. A couple of years ago, you would have been like Chainsaw Four, <laughs> True Romance, Goodfellas. fucking yeah, exactly, Reservoir Dogs, and Anchorman. But now he's like, I like fried green tomatoes. <laughs> you know, Smokey Lonesome is a is a great character. Smokey Lonesome from Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> he did watch it. Oh, he did. Get out! No, Get that was great. That was great. That was great. It's a good rebuttal. We kind of set that up better. <laughs> no, but uh, no, Empire, oh, Monty Python, and the Holy Grail. Um, these are honorable mentions. Yeah, these are things. For, Empire, uh, of course. And wait, wait, Monty wait, Python. Empire. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I was, like, I was like, isn't that movie with John Leguizamo or something? Yeah, that's why I, think, I was oh, I you thought that too. And I was, and like, I was thinking of Empire Records. Hold on a second. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Fiddler on the Roof. Annie Hall, Princess Bride, those are all like the ones that... Really? Annie Fiddler Hall? on the Roof? Annie Hall, yes. See, I'll take Princess Bride. <laughs> See, there we go. Got everybody and I'm happy with Fiddler on the Roof. Fiddler on the Roof is strange that you wouldn't be like, I really preferred this as a high school musical production when I was in eighth grade. No. But I, which, what, the 1940s movie or whatever? What, what did they remake it? Well, like they the, didn't like in like the 70s. The 70s. My bad, is Donald Sutherland in it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I never saw the newer one. I didn't know. Don't you disrespect the color? Yeah. yeah, the 70s is newer to me because I'm thinking of something that was made like where they colored it by hand or something. Yeah, the weird. 70s one was, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. Like, I like the, it's the bleak Russian, you know. I life. do like bleak Russians. Hey, don't the, take this the wrong way, but what the fuck? What? No. <laughs> I also have an appreciation. Right. Princess Monica <laughs> and Casualties of War. <laughs> Yeah, it's a war. I like that movie. Oh my I'm god! Sorry. Oh god. I thought I'd go and try and get Here's a nice a, variety. Here's a little web for you, Jordan. Here's a web for you. No, no, no. We'll go and say X Men: The Avengers. Thank you. There we go. Spider Man. Spider Man Two. Only one of those movies made my list. <laughs> Avengers, and I just had to pick one. Jurassic Park is it? Oh, you really? No, think? yeah, Jurassic Park, Groundhog Day. Groundhog. What? Do you have another ten? Whoa, whoa, you have whoa. another ten honorable mentions. Hold on, I saw King Arthur. King Arthur, yeah. The, the one with Mr. Fantastic in Clive it. Clive Owen? Clive Owen? Yeah. Yeah. And that Ian one? Ruffled. Yes. Honorable mention? Yeah, that was an honorable mention. I liked mention. the movie, but holy shit. I, I watched know. it one time, thought it was halfway decent. Watched it two times, I thought it was better. <laughs> <laughs> so, Good enough to make the honorable mention. 30 movies of my life. These are my favorite 20. <laughs> Think so? right. No, I don't know. I don't think that at all. But it's just oh, no. It's just uh, it's an one. I mean, I guess it was. You know, I don't mean to bust your balls to them. We're just you know, it's no, just, it's fine. It's not. I'm not going to go home and write. Oh, Sean, and put a big one on me. I don't care. I just like the whole you know pagans fighting in the woods against like the Bretons and the whole Roman Empire. Everybody and the Vikings coming down. It's a realistic approach to this fairy tale story that I grew up loving. Trying to set it into history. That's just what I really enjoy about it. I don't care if it was a shitty movie for some people. It has like this nostalgia value for me. And it just was really something. King Arthur? Yeah, King Arthur. When did that come out? 
2004. It just uh, what are you 12? <laughs> How the nostalgia value? No, like, like every all the all the tales I heard like growing up. It's just you know like oh okay I see from me okay, being okay. I liked I liked knights and sword plays since before 2004. Fred, mm. 2001 is when Fellowship of the Ring came out, and that's when I was mm, really good. That's when all about was before I was. Now you can go. Ahead Have you ever seen play. Excalibur? Yeah, yeah. That was really good. I liked it. But, uh... The, the guy that plays Arthur sounds like he's got marbles in his mouth. <laughs> Marlon! Uh, Why are we going for the... <laughs> but I did watch The Vikings, and that actually would... Uh, no, I do take... That was one of my All the other recommendations I take back, I would put <laughs> The Vikings as my one recommendation of before I was born, along with them. All the, with wow, all the Vikings? No, I, I, that was one of my recommendations. It's on YouTube. No, oh, check it out. I was talking with uh, Fred just one day. I was like... Fred, give me a great movie, a better movie than King Arthur that has. I, <laughs> that has I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I'm not talking about King Arthur. I never like, saw it. And, uh, give me a like better it. movie that has you know like pagans and, and you know and Britons and, and and even a falconer. Swords. Give me a falconer. I think you were like give me something with swords in it. And you're like, oh well, the Vikings. And it's like it does have a falconer in the movie. It's like it does have a falconer in the movie. Uh, Tony motherfucking Curtis. Wait a what? A falconer? A man who has a falconer. A leather glove. Oh, with a falconer. Oh, Makes it chop your I was like, out. William Faulkner? What are you talking about? I was like, Yeah, William Faulkner. <laughs> a falconer, a falconer, whatever well, you want to call it. He said a falcon at first, and then you're like, Faulkner. He has a copy of, what is it? Yeah, he's he's just going to hit people with it. Yeah. <laughs> Great great movie, uh, yeah, the Vikings. What stuck out in your mind from that? Uh, spoilers. Spoiler? Uh, oh, spoiler. Spoil it. Oh, yeah. John needs it's a shirt. It's been out since 1958. It's okay. I'm pretty sure. It's on YouTube? Like, <laughs> Basically, the ending. Um, just the ending? The, the, that's the one part. Really? You know? That's what you're doing? <laughs> no. The He's ending. like, I like the ending where you find out all the things that no, bring it's, everything together. I don't know, it's the most impacting part. It leaves... Oh. It's impacting. It just yeah. leaves me with like walking away. It's like, oh, well, he killed his. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, without giving away too much of it. Yeah. He killed, he killed those people, it. and I have no idea. I really like the uh, the scene where the ship, the Viking ship, is coming back from wherever, and they're playing that game where they're like running on the oars. Oh yeah. That was for real, and they filmed it. And Kirk Douglas was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna do it." And that what's on the film is him. He was just that athletic of a guy. He just went out and boop, boop, and yeah. I go and he slept one time where he almost slips and falls. Yeah. That was all he just that was his first he just was like just did it. Now, maybe that's not true, but I watched the making of and all this stuff and they, they that was that's the story is that he just did that. Huh. And he was just that kind of crazy athletic guy that just went into stuff head first. Oh. But Ernest Borgnine's in it. <laughs> I love the Ernest Borgnine. You don't <laughs> you don't fucking guy. know, man. <laughs> No, it's a, it's just, it was a great film. I loved it. It was two hours long, and it and for being a film from 1958, Flies. it didn't have any slow parts. Oh, that's impressive. And it's gorgeous. It is. It's a gorgeous movie. It really, the set design is just, it's wonderful. I'll check it out. I, I was remarking on that. I'll have to watch it. You, you do. You need to. Hey, I would say, hey, right, hey, you hey. want to know, oh, a memorable scene was the boat chase in the fog. That yeah. was a good scene. Because they had the, yeah. the magic meteorite <laughs> thing that was basically just a magnet that would point north, but nobody else had that shit. So he's like, you know, find me a map that can find your way through the frogs. There's never one else that's kind of map. Or, okay, how much does the King of England look like Louis C.K.? Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> so much. And I just, that was the one thing when I was watching, I'm like, I keep expecting him to be like, ah, my daughter said fuck. And, you know, like, 
It just it was it was a great movie though. And who's the the main chick? Is it Janet Lee, Vivian Lee? Who the who is it? It's somebody I can't think for the life of me, but it's it's somebody that was fairly not all those guys are famous. I mean Tony Curtis, you know. Yeah, I don't, Lewis, I don't recall. Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> But yeah, he did. He did back. look like Louis C.K. He's just a lot less depressing. <laughs> and he was real slimy, smarmy, you know, like no, I'll take care of your vagina. Like, <laughs> really creepy. Fiddler on the roof, and you're taking all that back and saying, "Watch the Vikings." Well, you can still check out all the other ones too. Well, I've seen Wait, did you mention all of them that are on there? I know. Yeah, I saw a list of like ten. Part. He has more. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I he did top well, ten. Yeah, because those are like ones that would have been on there if you know I could. And I saw you put X Men. Did you just mean the first? Yeah, one? I meant the or, first one. It was, or first class, or the first first one, Brian Singer one. Brian Singer one. Okay. Really, the first one and not X two. I thought X Men two was better. Wow, I did too. Because you really get a Wolverine goes nuts on those guards. I'm excited. You know? Brian Singer's taking back the reins on X Men, so it's kind of that's gonna be interesting to see. I don't know. In How anti- much was he involved? Just with in X-Men anticipation. X three. For he the just, show. I think he just uh, mm-hmm. produced, maybe, but uh, it didn't turn out. I don't think the way he wanted to at all. I don't think it's so. the way any of us wanted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he's not planning on that again. Well, that's it, I guess, for Andy's top ten. Pretty great Let's, list of movies, really. Pretty good movies for the most part. All good movies. Of, surprises, of course, I surprises, seen but no bad movies. I mean, they're no, all great no. movies. They're well, all just I, surprising. I would also say I thought that, I knew you. You know, I tried, <laughs> I tried not to repeat other people's top tens while still. Oh, you can't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Few yeah. Of right. my that's, own. that's good, I guess. Okay. Let's get into movie news real quick. This is the most recent blurb I saw right before we got in here. Carrie Fisher officially confirmed she's in the next Star Wars. She's already said it. And so it looks like they're all on board. So Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, and Mark Hamill. So they bring them all back to... And that's just... It really is going to, I think, help to the... Uh, to just, I guess... Make, to validate. Yeah, to validate. Well, that. <laughs> but also to validate these this new trilogy is to have that connection to the original. I think that make it almost... I don't like that they're... I just don't like that they're doing anything that's going to go against the continuity of the stuff that they've oh, written. Yeah. Because all that stuff was approved by Lucas. And it's, as somebody that's a big fan of all the Star Wars movies, I even like the first three. I mean, there are definitely problems with them, but... As a whole, I love those six movies. Star Wars is one of my favorite things. Uh, you well, we'll just see. I mean, it's one of we don't. No one really knows any plot details yet. I mean, it's a uh, someone. Same guy. I think he wrote Toy Story three. Who is it? The guy who wrote Toy Story three. He's the one doing the script for. And I think he also wrote Little Miss Sunshine. Maybe. Oh, that. <laughs> Yeah, those are both good. Uh, yeah, I don't know where the plot's going to go, but it definitely looks like it's going to be Leia and Han's kids. And, and Luke restarting the Jedi Academy. Yeah. That so, his father destroyed when he killed all the little children. Something interesting. J.J. Um, Abrams has two new pilots, and Kyle MacLachlan is going to be joining the cast of one of them called Believe. It says it's about a young girl named Bo who possesses great powers that will come into their own in seven years. It's pretty brief sounds a lot like a video <laughs> game they got coming out is it called um, believe uh, i think it's some along those lines belief or believe the one that's got ellen page starring in the game or beyond beyond yeah, yeah that one, she's got that some sort really of good. like psychological <clears throat> powers uh, Oh, no. Well, she's like it's like a ghost. It's, it's like paranormal powers, and yeah. she she has a connection to a ghost or something that's helping her out. Mm-hmm. This is it a, looks crazy. This is game. A, that's what he's talking about. The yeah. game. Yeah. This is save something that for else. Save this is a TV show or a movie. This is a TV show, and then there's also another TV show. The the other pilot 
This one's going to be interesting. <laughs> Where the it's about a cop who's partnered with a robot, an android or whatever. They did that. Well, that might not be bad. I'd rather see the old uh, GI robot, you know, nineteen forties thing where the guy's like, you know, robot partner. It'd be kind of. There was a movie in the seventies that they reference on one of the Hollywood Babylon episodes where it was that, and they have a whole. What's it called? I can't remember. All I remember is they kept playing a quote where the robot would say something, uh, give all this information. And there's one black guy who's just like, how can he know all that? And they just kept using that little sound clip when they talk about it. But I don't remember what the movie or what the show was. But I think Ernest Borgnine may have been in it. What? <laughs> to bring it back to the Borgnine. my interest. <laughs> so the next thing, this was really interesting. Um, Sam Raimi was going to make a Warcraft movie. That was Warcraft. a long time ago. Yeah, and it all kind of fell through. But some information finally came out where he was. He talks about why it didn't happen. It said uh, Robert Rodat was working on the script and it was taking a long time. I think they were getting a little antsy at Legendary, the production company. What happened was even more complicated. So let me go back a little bit. First, they asked me if I wanted to make it. I said, yes, I love World of Warcraft and I think it would make a great picture. So I read a screenplay they had that was written by the guys at Blizzard and it didn't quite work for me. I told them I wanted to make my own original story with Robert. So we pitched it to Legendary and they accepted it. And then we pitched it to Blizzard and they had reservations, but they accepted it. Then Robert wrote the screenplay. Once he was done, realized that Blizzard had veto power and we didn't know that. And they never had quite approved the original story that we pitched them. So it just goes back and forth and you just, uh, I don't know if they're ever going to get that movie. It says uh, Raimi did praise the filmmaker, uh, the filmmaker who did take over the Warcraft project, Duncan Jones. So, and it said that he did a movie, Moon. That's the one with uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, yeah. And so that's the guy who's now taking over. So hopefully we'll finally see a World of Warcraft movie at some point. I don't know. The setting's kind of cool. It could be done well. Video game, as you guys talked about, video game uh, to movie adaptations have not always been awesome. Golden. No. Joss Whedon denies the Planet Hulk storyline for the Avengers. We talked that a while. That sounded awful shifty to me when we were talking. But he's looking to The Empire Strikes Back for inspiration. So, I've got the next story, and it's a corker. Okay. Wayne <laughs> revealed to the latest issue of Talking About London, I haven't been thinking in terms of superhero movies. The films I've been thinking about are The Godfather Part Two and The Empire Strikes Back. Those are the stars by which I chart my course. So I guess if he's looking at those two awesome second movies in a, in a set, I guess he's going the right way. There's going to be some kind of crazy betrayal. <laughs> Maybe. That's a, that's a, happens in both of those movies. Yeah. It's pretty you know pretty integral part of both those movies. Yeah. Even though Lando's not near as close to everybody as he's just the hand, the, the, the Fredo, I know it was you when they're in Cuba, you know. You don't know. You've never seen I the movie. I haven't seen Godfather You don't too. have to nod your head. I, you were like, you're just nodding your head like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, of course, you've probably seen <laughs> well, that scene. Well, I was scene. with you with the Everybody's seen that scene, you know. You broke my heart, Fredo. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. This is kind of interesting. Kevin Feige talks Marvel's Phase 2 movies, a mix of the cosmic and the political. On the Phase 2 movies, as far as how cosmic they're going to get, this guy says, uh, I wouldn't say that in a broad sense. The Thor film and the Guardians of the Galaxy films certainly are cosmic. Guardians and Thor will take the brunt of the cosmic side of the universe, particularly Guardians, which is 95% in space. I think Iron Man 3 shows the other side of Phase 2, which is delving deeper into the characters, throwing them on a much more personal journey, and Captain America will showcase well what's exciting me about cap sort of about 
uh, Iron Man 3 is it's tonally from a like a different genre. Shane's Black described Iron Man 3 as a Tom Clancy sort of political thriller, which I like a lot. We hired our directors on Cap because they love their explanation that we really want to make a 70s political thriller masquerading as a big superhero movie, just like the first film. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with well, yeah, this. Yeah, I heard that the same guy, when they talked to him, they basically told him, he or he said, I don't remember what the deal was, but that he wanted to make a World War II movie that was disguised as a superhero movie, basically. Yeah. And now they're saying the same thing. They want him to make a, what is it, what is it? 70s Cold War spy. Yeah. Like yeah, 70s, 70s political Political thriller, thriller yeah, yeah. With a, yeah. This guy's a superhero movie. So that'll, it'll be good. It'll, it should be pretty good. Yeah. And I, we know Andy that's interesting. I mean, that makes sense with Guardians of the Galaxy. 95% of it being in space. But that's just going to be odd. Like, I don't, I'm trying to think of the last... Because it seems like it's going to be like a sci-fi opera. Almost like a Star yeah. Wars kind of thing. So... Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. I just, uh, I just hope... I hope... Sincerely hope that they don't put Adam Sandler in it. Because he's supposed Why to... Why would they put out... He, he's he, going to do the voice of Rocket Raccoon? He's supposedly been cast... Or like they're looking at him for Rock, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. That would be yeah. just fine. So that would work? Oh! <laughs> you don't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It'd be I just fine. It. it would work. Yeah, as long as they're not going to let him play, you know... As long as you don't have to see him. Well, that'll be interesting. Uh, and then, also, I'm really pumped about this. Christopher Nolan's next movie. He's got a movie calling, coming out called Transcendence. It's supposed to be a sci-fi film. Johnny Depp is supposed to be in it. I bet it's awesome. Right? <laughs> Actually, no. It says it's... I guess it's not going to be directed by him. Executively produced by Christopher Nolan. Uh, looks like the director on it is uh, Wally Pfister. And that's the guy who was the cinematographer for Nolan's... All Did you the just Batman say Willie Pfister? That's the dude's name. <laughs> P-F-I-S-T-E-R. Willie Pfister. Wally. Wally Pfister. Wally Wally. 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 That's Wally. a little bit better. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure either one's comfortable. Wally Pfister? Yeah. But it says uh, they don't want to reveal too many plot details, but uh, some reports from a while back claim that Depp plays a scientist who's reportedly working on a programming code for the world's first fully self-aware computer. I know. I'm really excited to see that. Well, that was weird, though. They talked about uh, Paul Bettany being in it. And since he's also... He did the voice of Jarvis in Iron Man. Yeah. In Iron Man? I didn't know that was Paul Bettany. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I always thought it was Jude Law. <laughs> You're like, oh, you know, that's funny. It's, it's I also be. thought it was Jude Law. Yeah. So I like Paul Bettany, though. He oh, was I in just, another movie. He was in The Night's Tale, too. I mentioned yeah. that earlier. The oh, Night's Tale. Saw him, you know, I knew it was him because I saw the credits. So, <laughs> well, aren't you but I, No, but I was like, oh, that's Paul Bettany. I, like, I don't know. I don't right. know who I thought it was at first. But. Surprised that the, you know, Wimbledon didn't make your list. <laughs> Paul yeah. Bettany. Was and, that what it's called? Wimbledon? Isn't it? And Maybe isn't it, isn't I it had him a, and uh, Mary Jane Watson. No, but, uh, yeah, I watched it. Uh, a beautiful mind. Oh, oh, but you're married. I mean, that's okay. A beautiful, beautiful mind. mind almost fantastic. Did. He was really so, good. Is he in that? Yeah. yeah. Paul he, Bettany. Yeah. He was his good friend. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was. All right. I mean, that, you made that sound a lot different. <laughs> well. <laughs> All right, they were not gay together. <laughs> Let me clarify that. But they were, they're, you know, you watch the movie games, mm-hmm. but yeah, he said that. He's really good. I'm trying to think of, there was something else I really, really liked him in. Nothing's coming to mind off the top. Legion? Oh, That's definitely not it. Priest? Definitely not it. No, I tried to watch real... Priest. I gave him a shot. He makes some real winners. <sighs> Master and Commander? So bad. 
I like Western uh, Commander, and he's decent in that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, was he Charles Darwin in it? Because thought... there's at one point they take off, they go to Galapagos Islands, and he's... Crying. He plays Chaucer in that. Oh, uh, some casting for Brian Singer's X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, Halle Berry has been... Confirmed. It's like everyone's being brought back. Shut the fuck up, Halle Berry. Yeah, well, you know, I guess to make it consistent with the other movies. Why? It's not even supposed... I thought it was supposed to be outside of that continuity. It already doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> If that's true, X Men First Class was horrible. <laughs> but it's not. It can't well, be. Well, somehow they're going to bring those two together, so we'll see. Kelsey Grammer did uh, confirm that he will not be returning as Beast. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you, know, you didn't like you know, him as Beast? I thought that was one of the good things in the casting for X Men 3. I was so excited about it. I thought, man, he's going to be great, you know? And then I saw him and I was like, ugh. Yeah, like, never mind. <laughs> I mean, they did so well with Nightcrawler in the previous movie. Oh, I thought, oh, God, this is good. Yes. And that again, man, X2 is so, that beginning in the White House. Yes. <sighs> so good. Amazing scene. Uh, but that's it for the news. All right. So, weekend box office, uh, Jack the Giant Slayer is number one. Weekend grossed about $27 million. So, I think that's pretty good. I don't remember what the budget was on the movie, but I guess they're doing okay. I didn't think it looked all that great. Ewan McGregor looks I like thought, he might be okay. I thought the previews looked great, but then I've talked to maybe four or five people and it's about 50-50. And it's people either like it or don't. Nobody has said eh, it was okay. They were The people that I've talked to were either like, it was a really good movie, or they were like, oh, it was terrible. So I watched the trailer and as soon as I know. saw the trailer, I was just like, yeah, just didn't grab me on something no. It just looks like... It just felt bland. I'd throw it in a whole pile with like the new Snow White movie that you know Kristen Stewart was in and the Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. I don't know. I just... Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters reminded me of Van Helsing. I will say... Yeah, uh, I saw... Like, it's like these fairy tale movies. You know, kid stories. Brothers, like Brothers Grimm. Like just, I like Brothers Grimm. Yeah, that would be probably like the, the flagpole in that whole... Well, they, yeah, that one goes back to like, what, 05 maybe? 06, there's Heath Ledger and Matt Damon. I don't know, I'm trying to think of some of these other... There are a lot of movies doing that right now, and I don't, for the most part, I don't really care for them, but uh, I will say one that I saw the trailer for originally, thought it looked bad, The uh, Wizard of Oz. The, what's mm -hmm. it called? Uh, Oz yeah. the Great and yeah, Powerful yeah. or something? Yeah, it did not. Well, really see, now, on hold me. on now. I saw the teaser trailers, the early trailers, saw another one recently. I did. I thought it looked a lot better. Uh, and then Identity Thief. Man, that movie just keeps holding on towards the top. But uh, it's, it's I think it's number two. Fall quite a bit. I was really, of course, in A Good Day to Die Hard is barely in the top top 11. Top Unbelievable. 10. It's still in the top. Anything. I'm surprised it did as badly as it did. Just because... Did you go see it? Why? Fuck no, but... <laughs> how could you be surprised that it did poorly? Because I thought all the people who liked bad movies were going to see it. But uh, I guess... If a movie gets me to pay top dollar to go see it, it's probably good. I mean, I just... If you didn't go see it, how why would you be like, I thought it was going to do really well. I mean, well, I didn't obviously. I, I mean, I didn't think... It, but. I didn't go see Twilight, but I figured the last one was going to do pretty fucking good. You didn't go see Twilight? <laughs> Not the last one. I did see the first. Your Paige was a big fan of the That's books and stuff. Did you wear your Went, things? No. No, I was like one of... I want to say four dudes in the audience. And one of the guys was someone I went to school with, and he's a dude who always wore a tank top and... He would sweat a lot and yell and belch, and he was strange. And I think he went there thinking it was a good vampire movie. And he watched, and there was points at one point he's just like trying to snore loudly. Oh, like okay. Like obnoxiously, yeah. He's like, like, and then at the end of the movie, he's like, oh god, there's. 
It <laughs> was so funny. He would refer to himself in the third person. He's always like, he's like, Hank does not do this. Hank has a question. Like he was a character. I need to get him on. Uh... <laughs> Hank does not give a shit about the Twilight movies. <laughs> but he did not. But who did? Well, I mean, I guess yeah. a lot. Of it's people only cool not. when people talk in the third person if they really do it all. If the they're time. committed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that I can respect, but they're just doing it once in a while. That just... Yeah. About it for, I guess, anything that's really interesting in the box office. Again, it's just this time of year. You can't really expect much out of the for studios. Sure, yeah. Netflix, Hulu recommendations, and I'll let you start off, Andy. Netflix for TV show. We'll go ahead and say It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Great show. Great show. Glad. One of my favorites. Oh, it's like Seinfeld. It was really nice when they finally like got Seinfeld on crack. <laughs> It's really nice when they finally got all the seasons on there. Though I did notice uh, one thing I feel like the show is missing. It needs at Mm. least one smart character on there. No. No, you're defeating the whole purpose of the show. They do have a smart character. I guess the waitress kind of plays that role sometimes where she's like... The lawyer? No, you obviously didn't see the one where they go to Jersey. Uh, you obviously didn't see the I've only seen like the first yeah. two and she gets wasted head. and they have that and you know like that she's a, just as stupid as everybody else it's like <laughs> yeah. Napoleon Dynamite the reason that movie works is because every character in that movie is just just like pathetic like <laughs> yeah. even the authority figures everybody in the movie is like that there's nobody they're all on that same level and I don't know what they're trying to say but that's kind of what makes that movie funny and I think it's the same thing that makes well it's it's basically just portraying on the imperfect America that we live in I mean everybody's got their own fucking shit that's wrong with them and this show just really kind of plays it all out in the main stage and it I think it's better that they're all that way so that way when they react people in the outside world the ones that are different than most of you know other people just is how narcissistic they are and just the way they carry themselves and they're all drunks we'll just get that <laughs> out of the way i mean they own a they run a bar for god's sake addicted so. to crack sometimes well no not not all the time <laughs> only in the one where they go to jersey well yeah there's an episode <laughs> before not, that where they go on welfare and, yeah uh, they got addicted to crack to get welfare. welfare yeah that was the one and, uh, they got addicted to crack there and that's just where it started the show really has no full storyline or anything it just I love how you can pick it up and watch it. That's what it I like time. about it's that, a- too. There's, it doesn't really ever, it can always, all those, you could watch the episodes in basically any order, and they're always going to make sense. Like, it's, most of those things are all wrapped up in a 30 minute or hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just have, like how, when I was little, watching The Simpsons, like, at the end of every episode, you, like, went away, like, learning something, <laughs> or, like, Bart learned a lesson, or just something. At the end of every single episode of It's Always Sunny, there's no lesson learned. <laughs> they just go back to, the way they were before, whatever well, situation. there's some lessons learned, like how you can drink wine out of a can. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Disguising well, like your wine in a soda can. Learn yeah. not. There's, learn what not to do. I guess. Exactly. There's, never any, like, there's you know, all sorts of bad G.I. Joe lessons mixed in there. Jordan, what do you got? Netflix, Hulu? Did you have a movie or anything? Oh. Uh, movie, God Bless America. Yes. That's how I was saying it before. Yeah. That's uh, such a good movie. Such a fucking yeah. Watch this movie. Uh, last night. Was that the first time? That was the first time I had seen it. Oh, I didn't know that when I saw the comment. It was wonderful. (laughs) It's another thing, just explaining the imperfections of America again. Weird, how did uh, you stumble upon that movie, Andy? Oh, I, uh, Mm. some jackass at work told me to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and what did you? What was you? What stuck out about that movie? Like, what was it that you liked about it, or was it the whole? Every single monologue that Joel Murray had in that movie, so good. <laughs> every every point he made, I could just find myself agreeing just a little bit. And as he kept talking, I found myself just agreeing even more. There were just a couple scenes, like mainly the scene where they stayed up all night and they kept going back and forth with the people they like to kill. Mm-hmm. There's a certain point where you're just like, they want to kill everyone. Like, they they just, they have such a high standard for people that I feel like, really, at a certain point, they almost included everybody. And so at that oh, point, I was just... I love it when she said, people <laughs> that use the word extreme, he goes, oh, but that would leave out the burritos that I love so much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, well, the burritos and chalupas. Like, Many of the burritos and chalupas I love so, like, so fond of. Or people who use the word extreme. Like, that... I mean, the criteria for killing people are like... I oh, know It's a great movie, though. I liked it a lot. I felt the girls kind of strange to have in there, but, I mean, it worked oh, for the I, most yeah, part. Yeah, I thought she was really good in that role, because it, it was so odd that they, you know... Maybe one of you should quickly just sum up what happened in the movie so people are like, what the fuck? Yeah, we might as well spoil every movie we not, talk about. No, just everybody. a brief synopsis of what's It's just about a guy on. that gets fed up and starts going around killing reality stars. Yeah. Reality television stars, basically. That's kind of how it, it well, and, also, and then anybody that's rude. Yeah, he, people he just like, not like people that aren't nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically just when you get annoyed with people, instead of ignoring them, he decides to kill them. Because he realizes he's, he's a real put upon guy that's constantly pushed around by people. And just one day he decides to not. But I mean, it opens with that scene with his neighbors, you know? Yeah. So good. It's a tone setter. <laughs> oh, definitely. Great movie, though. Jordan, what do you got? Okay, well, uh, for my TV recommendation, I'm going to have to dip into the 80s on this one. Uh, if you have not seen the show Quantum Leap, <laughs> is it on Netflix? It is on Netflix, and they got it all in its glorious. <coughs> I freaking love that show. Yeah, the last episode makes me cry like a little girl. You'll everywhere. never feel the same about the uh, exclamation "Oh boy!" Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> you'll never feel the same about that. It's just a great show. Guy trying to leap from life to life, uh, attempting to get back to his own, and it's just I don't know. It was very well done. I enjoyed watching it as a kid. So, See, I always forget the premise of that show. All I remember get is real. him. It's just oh. been forever. I only, all I remember is him going trying to fix people's lives, and then once he yeah. fixed whatever their issue was, well, then he would be transferred to the next one. He had but to I, get continuity in line to with whatever, and then as soon mm-hmm. as he fixed whatever was wrong with time stream, made sure that this event happened, he would phase out, and then he yeah. would be in somebody else's body. He'd Ziggy says that the, you got to maybe win the this next fight. leap will be the one home. <laughs> so he kept. So it was almost like a uh, sliders kind of thing. Where he kept trying to go from well, one this thing is to, way next before to get back sliders. home. I know. Come but. on. And Scott Bakula is no Jerry Collins. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get that across. Okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that's good uh, television show. They got I think shit three to five seasons of that on Netflix right now. Again, like Fred said, it's just a great series, and episode will probably make you shed a tear. But the movie recommendation I have will not make you shed a tear. It's Get the Gringo, Get the starring Gringo. Mel Gibson. Oh. My movie recommendation stars Mel Gibson. That's right. Yeah, that and is Jew so interesting. <laughs> I I got nothing against Jews. Let's just go ahead and get that out. But it's just a great movie. Uh, Mel Gibson is he just robbed this real no, <laughs> not a wealthy Jew, but a real wealthy person, a middle class Jew <laughs> from California, and he's oh, trying to well. make it across the border. 
to Mexico and ends up in a Mexican jail, which apparently is not too bad. Mexican jails are like a freaking community. You got like all sorts of like shit you can do. It's definitely not like the ass raping, you know, machine factory that we got going here oh, in America. No. I don't know. I find it hard to believe that Mexican jails are better than American yeah, jails. I think they well, like anal just as much as the next American prison. Uh, apparently, the jail Mel Gibson bounced into was a lot better than any sort of Mexican American jail that you want to come up with. It's basically like a community, and he realizes that there's this family living there, just a single mother with her son, and apparently the son has the right blood type to help in uh, getting this real rich Mexican guy a uh, liver operation. So they're basically raising the kid to take his liver from him. And they're they're just going to kill him, basically. Wow. And Mel Gibson basically steps in and takes no shit from anybody. It was just a great movie. Uh, I think I ended up giving it four out of five stars on Netflix. One of the best things I've seen Mel Gibson in since probably The Patriot. Yeah, I've been trying to think of other movies he's been... Well, what year was The Patriot? (sighs) That was... Probably 2001, 2002. So it was before... Maybe. So it was right around the time of Signs, then? Uh, was, yeah. I think it was before Signs. Signs, or, we, Signs, Signs. we were surprised. I, we looked it yeah. up last... It was like 2002. Yeah, I think Signs came out, like, into my high school reign. Probably about 2002, 2003. Now, I'll have to check... I've heard good things about it. I've heard it was decent. And was, I, uh, it, the fact that it's on Netflix, I guess. Does Mel Gibson get tortured? Not really. Uh, just... Man, I was totally going to watch it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you said yes. <laughs> because no. He's really good at that. I'm, he's really good at getting like hurt or anything in every movie. Well, every... He gets slightly butt hurt about he when he finds out about twice. the kid. I mean, some of the shit he goes through. Yeah, it, it's just a very clever role for him. Yeah. Braveheart? Payback. Where is, the, is there a movie where he doesn't get like severely <laughs> hurt? Bird on a wire with Billy uh, Long? Did he get shot in that movie? <laughs> Man without a face, he's kind of tortured because they all thought he was a pedophile. Oh, he's the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, Jordan. Back to your thing. Yeah, but that's that's really all I had on it. Just uh, check it out. Give him a chance. Mel Gibson is not only a Jew hater; he does make some good movies. (laughs) He does. Pacifico was really good. Yeah, we'll just uh, move along with uh, Fred here. Yeah. Okay. Well, I kind of have a one-track thing going this week, and my. TV recommendation is Firefly on Netflix. Yes. They're all on there. We've all yeah. seen it. We love it. I'm sure it'll come up in future. Yeah. Well, well I know it's going to come up yeah. in a future <laughs> segment of something or other real soon. <laughs> and then my... And, I mean, it's just great. It really is like Space Cowboys. I love the theme song written by Joss Whedon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, Which I heard the original performed by him. I like the one they ended up with on the TV yeah, show. Yeah, but he wrote the song. So he did write it. Yeah, he wrote uh, it. I, I mean, it's just a great show. Uh, Andy actually turned me on to that a couple years ago. Uh, anyway, and then my movie recommendation is Dr. Evil's Sing Along Blog. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's great. the one that Also, with Nathan Fillion. Yeah. You know, of Green Lantern fame. He plays the voice of the Green Lantern in the animated Also directed DC by show. Joss Whedon. Yes. Yeah. And Doogie Howser's in it. Yes, Neil Patrick Harris is in it. I will never call him that. Barney. <laughs> Suit up, Sean. I'll always be Doogie. Dr. Evil sing-along blog. It's just a real fun, kind of musical, funny thing. Oh, I, like I like it. it. It's like a superhero parody. And the uh, the girls, the girl from uh, the Guild. Uh, what's her mm-hmm. face? No, I don't know. I've never seen that show. Is it good? Yeah, it's the pretty Guild. funny. Is that, yeah, your, is like that your recommendation? That can be my TV show recommendation, yeah. I would just kind of... That was my segue into your yeah, recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my recommendation for TV shows, The Guild. <laughs> uh, is that on Netflix? It is on Netflix. Okay. 
And it's uh, it's pretty funny. It's about a bunch of people playing an online game, and they decide to meet in real life. And it, of course, shenanigans ensue. But it's a comedy. It's a good show. The episodes it started out as a web show, so the episodes are really really yeah, short. Like fifteen like, minutes. The whole seasons or... maybe like the whole first seasons maybe two hours maybe. Second seasons right around two three hours. They're pretty short. Second season has a. What's the kid's name? Will Wheaton from Star Trek Next Generation. And it's really good. It's a good show. My movie recommendation, though. Just watched it all the way through the other day. Loved it. It's a documentary. It's called Indie Game, the movie. Loved it so, so much. It's about... It focuses on three different sets of guys. Uh, there are two guys making a game. They made a game called The Binding of Isaac. And they're working on a game called Super Meat Boy in the movie. I don't know if you guys have played any of the games. Braid was they have the maker on there for that game and then also a game called Fez but it's just really interesting to see what these guys go through trying to get this game made it's really well put together as far as music and like the direction and everything but uh just man you just wouldn't believe how hard it is to get these games out and like how much these guys are giving up to try to do this so it's really cool to see it and they to see where it goes and also the one guy he kind of cracks like halfway through the movie like he starts slipping like he's supposed to get a he had to get a contract signed before he could do something from the guy who quit that he was working with on the game and he was talking he's like he's like if he doesn't come here he doesn't, doesn't sign this he's like i'm gonna fucking kill him he's like i'm gonna murder him and then none of this is gonna happen the game will never come out and, then, and there's a part of it they're like what if you don't finish the game he's like i'll kill myself like i mean it's just so intense like <laughs> so much intensity in the movie but uh it's really good. I, I it's probably one of the best. It now. It's one of the best documentaries I've seen in a while, so I would definitely check it out. Uh, and all the games they actually talk about, I played, uh, <laughs> and they're all good too. The actual games that they talk about are good too. So, but uh, yeah, that's it for that. Uh, outside recommendations. I don't know if you guys had any. Uh, just recently saw Skyfall. Of course, everyone's been talking about how great it is. I think people talked it up almost a little bit too much. So I really liked it, but I didn't maybe quite love it as much as... People coming out of the theaters love this movie. Yeah, yeah. Walking out of theaters, people were like, this is, that was awesome, it was the best Bond movie ever. I mean, yeah. they were really, really well received in the theaters. And I think that's important. That's an important thing because as well as some things thrive after the DVD sales and stuff, I think that how it's received when you see it in the theater the way it was intended to be watched, it's a big... Big thing, so yeah, it's it's, I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna watch it this week. It's really good. Javier Bardem, amazing in it. Really good movie. I really enjoyed it. You I, liked it too? I, I did. I, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I I thought about putting a uh, James Bond film on the list. Yeah. Goldfinger would would have like, made the it was uh, before I was born again on that other top twenty list it. that I have. I like Goldfinger. It's a good movie. Yeah, but uh, but I don't. Know. I do really enjoy the Daniel Craig movies. First one and then this one in that order. Quantum of Solace. Yeah, Quantum of Solace. Uh, no, like, it was a, it was still it's all right. It's still decent. Still better than the Pierce Brosnan movies. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. But uh, <laughs> I do like the Goldeneye. Oh, Skyfall. <laughs> Skyfall was really good. I like the throwbacks that it gives to the. Yes, other, it does have a lot of little, a lot of really? things that throw back to the old movies. Like, yeah. Let's try not to There's spoil this cool one because I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jordan, uh, or well, actually, we'll go. Andy, did you have any outside anything you've seen recently? No, I'll just go ahead and say a Hulu recommendation that oh. I have. TV show, The Joe Schmo Show. I love it. I didn't know it was on Hulu. It's on the third season. The third season is on oh, uh, Hulu God. now. Ralph Garman. Ralph Garman, bounty hunting. <laughs> I love it. I haven't seen. I saw the very first season of the Joe Schmo show, which was years ago yes, when I first did it. it. So it's, like it's kind of a, a gap there somewhere. Yeah, they took a huge break from but the second to the third. 
This one that we were... Because I watched part of it, I think, yesterday. We were watching it. And, uh, <laughs> so funny. It's so... It's just awesome. The first season was a lot like that, too. Or that man, that guy really... They really... That has to be an elaborate setup, too. Because this... Oh. Everybody's in on it, except this poor guy that think. And this yeah. this new season, though, this looks good. Because this guy, I want to see him, like... You want to see him I want to see out? him have a breakdown. He's like, I thought you were my friend. I mean, he... This guy... Uh, <laughs> he just seems like such a nice guy. In, in this season, they I think that's who they the, pick. That they yeah. when they cast, they're like, they don't want, want someone to be sued or it. shot. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also or both if they're Scientologists. Oh, uh, he's pretty smart, and I do. Uh, if there was a schmo, you think he's pretty smart? If there's a schmo that I, think, he's got a bunch of C-rate actors fooling the shit out of him on a daily basis. Well, and it's not like that he's everyone, watching a show; they're living together. If everyone's and, playing that role all the time. You know, oh, it's man. hard. That's to, so scary. It's like the Truman Show. That's so scary. Like that, I wouldn't take that well. I don't think. <laughs> Tomorrow, everybody's like, "Oh, we don't really work Why? here. We're all part of this elaborate setup." <laughs> like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, I want to. I need to watch it then. I didn't know that was on Hulu. Jordan, have you seen anything like on DVD or anything lately, or just mostly? Uh, no, I just basically been doing all my watching on Netflix. So I'll tell you a movie to avoid: uh, Grave Encounters <laughs> Two. What? Yeah. Grave Encounters Part Grave Two. Encounters. Oh, Bing. he said avoid it. Oh, he I know. Avoid it. <laughs> Those are the things I, I write saw, down. I saw you get it right. There down. is. Look the out. first one, Grave Encounters, which I actually did enjoy. I think I ended up giving it three or four stars out of five. But it was basically just all about this paranormal team that initially goes to this hospital to investigate. They get trapped inside the hospital. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then inside a building with 500 windows, like, ah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But also, there is, like, a sequel that is even more ridiculous. So just avoid it. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, Fred, did you have anything you've watched on DVD or anything lately? Or? Uh, not really. I just wanted to make another Netflix recommendation if okay. I can. The original Planet of the Apes is on Netflix now. I saw that. I did there. not realize that was the case when we were talking about it a week or two ago. Jordan. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll get right on that. Sit through it. <laughs> yeah. It is really good. It is really good. That chick that plays uh, Nova or whatever, oh, she, uh, <laughs> and that's not a monkey, Jordan. It's like a oh, okay. Uh, see, I was thinking monkey. <laughs> it's, a, in my it's, head a, and it's a human female. I was like, all right, no. and not only a human female. I don't like Michael Jackson. <laughs> she can't talk, and she's supermodel hot, and okay. she wears like you know leather loincloth thing. It's well, it makes sweet. sense, I guess. Pretty awesome. <laughs> pretty awesome. Well, that's it for all the recommendations. Last thing, we started this last time. We have talked a little bit about. about a little bit about Batman, and uh, we'll try to keep this under control. Now, hold on, now hold on. You don't time it till we get to the Nolan stuff, because first, I do. Right. we do got to talk a little bit about the Schumacher movies. Well, we could spend about two seconds on the Schumacher uh, Yeah, it won't take that long. Do it just Bat nipples. Bat done. nipples. We're Bat done. <laughs> That's it. We're done. And unless you just want to start doing Mr. Freeze quotes. Now, the yeah. <laughs> Cool it. <laughs> Gotham is going to freeze. <laughs> Chill out. It'll be a cold day in hell, Batman. <laughs> I really didn't think you guys were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They dove right in. 
We're got, ready to go. It was, that, we got that, that last bat, wait, wait, wait. It was so much like an episode of the 60s TV show. Even down to like the sets and stuff, the Poison Ivy thing when she was like had him under control. To li- I mean, it looked like that 60s TV show. And it was just amazing that that's what Schumacher took from those first couple movies and was like, all right, I know what we need to do. Bat dance, <laughs> the bat to see or whatever. Didn't you like, have the ice guys dancing to uh, like the Mr. Frost, like some sort of song? Like, a they, uh, in the background, there's the cold, the the heat meister, cold meister thing in the yes. on the TV. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, so bad. Um, and his makeup is bad. Like, but you think would have looked just like the one in the Batman the animated series? It would have been just fine. I was gonna say you are skipping the uh, Batman Forever a little bit. I liked uh, Batman Forever. I'm not saying it's great, but it may have been a little bit better than Batman Returns after recently You're watching Batman Returns. I just when was saw the last it time you watched Batman Forever? You watched that recently too? No, I'll watch probably that. not. <laughs> no. Wait till Jim Carrey brings up the magic blender <laughs> that sucks people's brain power into his head. So great. <laughs> It's bad. It's pretty bad. But you know, and uh, Valkyrie had a little think... bit of a lisp in that movie, especially one scene when he's like, "Doctor, tell me." He's like, "Do you enjoy the circus?" There's a part he's got a little bit of lisp. If you hear that clip, if you go back, and I've seen that recently, there's just a little bit of a hint there. It's a little Easter egg. If you guys want to pop in some, no, I don't want to watch any of those movies. <laughs> I would watch the Burton one, the first two again. You know, those other ones are so... They're just bad. I'm trying to think of anything good from... Um, I did enjoy the Adam West, the movie. The, yeah, the, Batman, the, the Batman, Batman movie. movie. With the bat shark repellent on the yeah, one side we, of the helicopter. Yeah, we got in that We did get bit. to see a lot of bat vehicles of the boat, the helicopter, the regular Batmobile, of course. Which I would just want to note that I'm pretty sure Sean referred to last time as the Bat Car in our episode, and I did I it, at the time I, I really was like I need to write that down. <laughs> I don't know. Like I've never heard anyone called the Batmobile. The Bat Car. He gets in his Bat Car or whatever he said. And I was like I, I was listening to it again editing or whatever. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's in there, and it might have been cut out. I don't know when I was. Definitely part of what happened. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I guess that's really... Also the silliest looking Batmobile in the Mr. Freeze movie. It just got crazy with the blue... And the wings. Yeah. Well, oh, the geez. blue was in Batman Forever, which I thought that looked okay. Batman and Robin. Then it had like the weird three wings on the back. And I thought the Val Kilmer looked cool what? as Batman. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I found the... Uh, do you like the thickest? You found the video? Play it. It's not that bad, I guess. It's, it's not that bad. No, with his whole delivery there, the voice is yeah. pretty crazy his voice weird. Is, yeah, yeah. doesn't really fit. Not yeah. a good Batman. That whole part can be cut out of this whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah or, so what? Anything good about those Schumacher movies then, you're saying? I liked I liked Chris O'Donnell as Robin. I didn't like the nipples on his suit or whatever. There was a couple cool scenes like where he, Alfred is going in or out of the door to the Batcave and he throws his backpack, slides down the banister. Like I liked it. I don't know, but it Did just... Did you like the... Um... Way they did his suit? Not particularly. I mean, I know you said you didn't like the nipples, but like the coloring and stuff, I thought was decent. Yeah, that was pretty. I mean, it's better than going to like the show with the little boots and the. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, since then we've had a couple different pretty cool looking Tim Drake versions. Yeah. Well, I don't know. At that point, even in. uh... No, now I'm saying. Oh yeah. Now we've had a couple versions that make it. You know. Give them the. Robin could have been done a lot cooler. Yeah, the hooded. Gold and black. Yeah. I did yeah. like uh, with Chris O'Donnell just the one. Se- I don't know one scene where they're in the water and he's just like, 
holy rusted metal Batman. <laughs> See, I didn't. <laughs> on that island, it was metal. The, the it had holes, holes. in, it was, the, and he's like, "Holy metal!" And it was rusty. It was rusty. Holy yeah. rusted metal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was so ridiculous. It was a nice little throwback, though, to the. Uh, yeah, see, I don't think that's somewhere Adam was. They should have avoided that all being in the air. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, he was. Oh yeah, that's how you do a Batman. <laughs> yeah, I guess there was nothing that really. I liked Batman Forever when I saw it, but I was like eleven ish, ten. Yeah, I was a wee one. I I liked it a lot then. Yeah, man, I was not. That seal was a pretty good uh, artist. Too. Yes, that's the one good the thing. Seal kissed Kiss by Rose. Rose. That's the one good thing from. Now that's the one good thing from Batman Forever. The one good thing from Batman and Robin was the end is the beginning is the beginning is the end or whatever the name of the song is <laughs> from Smashing Pumpkins, the one they used in the trailer for Watchmen. Oh, that, that was from Batman yeah, and Robin? Yeah, Batman and Robin. Well, they had to plug it in somewhere else. Oh, yeah, I we're like, this is too that, good. Man. It doesn't deserve to be here. And and the Seal it, song, that's just silly. You guys are being silly. I would agree yeah. that uh, the Michael Keaton uh, Batman is... <laughs> Really the most powerful love song ever. That's just me, guy. Trying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. We're gonna get. We gotta get into the Nolan movies. Uh, Batman Begins. Universally, I think we can all say it was fucking amazing, right? Batman Begins was my favorite of these of the Nolan new, movies. Yes. It was. A, it was great. Ra's al Ghul, wonderful. Yeah, Liam Neeson. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know if there was anything really <coughs> wrong. I will say the first time I watched it, of course, it's the introduction to Christian Bale's voice. Yeah. <laughs> and when I first heard it, there's that scene where he uh, meets Rachel and she shoots the like a little electric, tries to taser him or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he goes on that thing. He's like, "You like to rattle cages." I'm a cage rattler. I, and he starts doing that, and I was just like, oh, God. I was like, I don't think this is going to work. But I, but then later... This, I don't recall hating it in the first, in Batman Begins. When though. I watched that first it scene, was, I was I'm like, with you. When it first like, happened, it was pretty shocking yeah. and kind of weird. But I really... That would have worked if the di- if it would have been written like it was actually Batman and not just a character in a Chris Nolan movie. Because Batman's voice... Batman doesn't talk like that. He says things like, get in the car. Like, he doesn't go on about... Then you would rattle cages, and then me and you were going to meet up later. <laughs> then me, me, me. Like, he doesn't do that. Right my bed, he geez. says things like, "Get out of the way, punk." Well, uh, why you kill me? Well, I li- right. I Hold on. Have you seen? Have you seen the college humor skit yeah, with his voice? Cold. Oh, God, I love it. Trying to find it. I just saw it like yesterday or last night, whatever, for the first the time. The Riddler one's the best. Oh, I don't know, man. The uh, one where he's got the guy on top of the roof and he's like... <laughs> Testing out his voices. voices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Face. Are you doing Malkovich? Malkovich? Yeah, you did a really good Malkovich. It was impressive. It was pretty good. But, but yeah, the, the first that Batman Begins is really good. I didn't like the... I was going to was hesitant with the voice there in that scene. But then when they got to the point where he pulled Flask up on the wire... Grinding by that, he's like, then it was where are the drugs? And he's like, swear to me. And all that, like, ah, oh, God. I was just like, oh. I was in. Then I thought, I bought it. Because it fit with the whole theme of, like, trying to create a symbol, using fear against, turning fear against people. And, you know, he looked like, he sounded like a demon and was terrifying in that moment. So I thought he was really, really good there. That's a really good point, Sean. <laughs> so I will say it worked really, really well. Uh, especially from there on, I was. <laughs> I'm just looking at your guys' notes on this little battle that you're about to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have, you have a lot of just things scribbled down 
Fred yeah. has his fucking notes printed out on a piece of paper. Oh, this was... Sean's list was like yeah, I, I just from down on or something. eight pages of stuff to just make a list of ten things. Uh, let me. I guess we're gonna have to, and we'll try to keep this. Uh, guess make have it make sense. Well, for one, uh, let's also real quickly jump into Dark Knight. Do we also all love that? Because I thought, of course, Dark Knight was in my top ten. I thought it was the best of them. Andy, you okay. said Batman Begins was the, your favorite, but did you like Dark Knight? I really enjoyed Dark. Knight. Is there anything about Dark Knight that you didn't like? Hmm, no. Uh, I mean, I <laughs> nothing offhand. Anyway. Nothing offhand. Haven't really, don't really think about it all that much. Gotcha. It's, I uh, think about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. Jordan, you had it in your top ten as well. Anything? Yeah, I had it in my top ten, of course. I really enjoyed I thought Heath Ledger just really brought out just some of the, the fear that the Joker can actually bring as a character, just the psychotic craziness. Like, I think Fred touched up on the fact of that video where he yeah. had oh, creepy. I mean, that was that's the Joker to me. That's yeah. the Arkham Asylum, you know, book Joker. Like that's that craziness. Yeah, I, I just really enjoyed how just how, cra- how you know, much crazy how they brought to the Explain the scene. Okay, well, the, there's the scene where he was just interrogating a police officer, and what was it? He it was like a video him. that was released yeah. to the news. Yeah, where he's you haven't seen oh, the Dark Knight. Okay, no, I, I and he's like, he just, are no, you no, Batman? No, and no, the no, guy's like, about, like, no. He goes, no. <laughs> he starts laughing. Oh, when you said some video, I thought it was like some like something oh, extra, some like, oh, like bonus a fan film. No, no, <laughs> I don't know, like, but yeah, Lars <laughs> Heath Ledger like footage of like him like doing I don't know method acting. Oh, gotcha. Um, I was gonna say things I didn't like. There is one thing I guess I didn't really like in the first and the second one. Rachel Dawes, they could have cast someone better. Katie Holmes worked well enough in the first. She didn't really stand out, but didn't I don't think she hurt the film. Maggie Gyllenhaal, really wish they could I'm have gotten I'm pretty sure in a previous the, episode I've already expressed about my how opinion about the Gyllenhaal family. <laughs> where I think they should all head. <laughs> I like Jake, but this must be why they decided to kill her character off. Mate. Spoiler alert. I would say, I was <laughs> with, uh, actually. You're supposed with... to do that before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, The Dark Knight, great movie. Spoiler. It's fantastic. Especially, I thought, the end where he sets up Harvey as the hero that the city needs and takes the brunt of that on himself. Perfect. It's, it's great. That's I thought why... it was great for the characterization and everything. And that was a. A really good movie other than my... Yeah, the only thing I have against that is the Maggie Gyllenhaal because I just... I don't believe anything she's ever done. She's... I mean, she's okay. I just think they could have got someone better. He's um, a multi-billionaire. He can definitely get somebody better looking and probably smarter. Now, we have... Let me quickly go into... We have a lot... Of, we have some contention with Dark Knight Rises. Fred does not like it. And the rest of us think it's... I thought That's it was not- really good. Jordan? Yeah, I thought it was uh, really good as well. I, I just... I mean, probably did you know, have some of its minor flaws. It's like a lot more noticeable than the first two movies for me. Yeah. But, I don't know, I thought Tom Hardy really brought a lot to the table playing the Bane character and a lot of good... Something you brought up, I think, before is just like the emotion that they brought to the table in that movie. Yeah. Some of those that's between Commissioner Gordon and Batman towards the end of the movie, that that was great. I don't know, just some of how they tied some things together. I mean, the ending I do have mixed feelings about, but... I overall thought it was a good movie. I'd say the, yeah. the order that they came out in is the order from best to worst. Now, when you say worst, if, would you say it's well, a good movie? Or just, I mean, I understand it's not as good as the other two. And I'll agree with you. 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, compared to, like, most of the movies that came out the same year as Dark Knight Rises, I'm trying to think of anything else that came out 20... Other things that came out in 2012. Would you say it was a good movie? I enjoyed it. When I left theaters, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. But then every night for, like, a week... You know, I, I would sleep on it, and, and it would like I would, would get like dreams. I would get like a, a sour taste in the huh. like the film would uh, it just left this bad feeling. It's, we can I mean we can talk about it. Oh well, <laughs> it's a Red. good movie. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm not, and I, I you know I've never said that it was a you know that it wasn't a good movie. I don't think it was a good Batman movie at all. Like I think the opposite of that. But I think that the, <laughs> maybe the Dark Knight might be a little better than Batman Begins. I don't know. I I loved it, but I just wish that we could have not been. I feel like I was force fed everything in that movie, just every little bit of information, um, instead of just letting it be like letting it you see feel, something it as it plays out. They're gonna go and just they have to explain it. It didn't out feel loud. organic and no, not like just, Dark Knight. I mean, and felt contrived maybe. Don't make me feel belittled. <laughs> no, I'm not, no, I'm not saying that to you. Oh, I'm saying, no, I'm, I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying... <laughs> don't, that's the feeling you got from the movie. Like, don't movie make me feel like that. Yeah. No. Okay. It's, okay. it's like when Michael Caden, you know, is like, I, I really want to just see you every time I'm on vacation. <laughs> it's just... Uh, it was one of those moments where like, as soon as they bring it up, you're like, well, that's like, something that'll come back in the, towards the like, end of the movie. Foreshadowing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's just a little too obvious. Uh, right. And, well, Fred, uh, you a, got a, that's a whole list thing. of Yeah, how, what's the best to. way to do this? Do you want to you, expound all the virtues of the movie and how great it is first? Or do you want to just argue the things that I bring up and tell me why I'm wrong? I don't know. You can, I guess you can start. You go into all the things that are wrong with it, and then I'll go into all the things. Well, we so, can... some of the stuff I'll address, I guess, will maybe, either way, it doesn't really okay. matter. And I, tr- I just, like I said earlier, I really did distill this huge list of just all these crazy snarky things I was writing and just made a list of 10 things, my major, 10 biggest problems I have with the movie in descending order. So the last thing I say is the most important reason this movie should be have an asterisk by it and be stricken from the record of as a Batman movie. And it should be called Christopher Nolan makes a movie with Batman in it. (laughs) The first thing, the setting. All right. The first movie was filmed in Chicago. Gotham had an awesome look. It looked like Gotham. It was dirty, dark, and the scenes right now. Canyony. Most I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Which is something that you actually touched on earlier about Batman being associated with fear. Way too much Batman in the daytime in that movie. Yeah. Wait, it's not, Batman's not a daytime thing, no matter what. Okay, anyway, the setting. Uh, it, the first movie was filmed in Chicago, and it really did look great. I mean, it was wet and damp, and you got that humid, steamy feeling from it, kind of like the first Burton movie, I yeah. guess. But then the second and third movies were filmed mostly in, like, Philly and Jersey and New York, and then some other stuff. Other I thought the second one was second, in Chicago. The second was in Chicago. I think yeah. you should look that up again. I think no, because I remember too. seeing pictures. Well, anyway, the third the, one. The chase scene. The whole chase scene with. That was weird. No was part of the third one was filmed in Chicago. Yes, that all you're right. It doesn't look anything like Chicago, and it Gotham's too freaking clean. Especially after Bane and his terrorist group has been had control of the city for months, Gotham is real clean for not having any garbage pickup or street sweepers <laughs> for four months. You know, it looks like a soundstage somewhere, basically. Do you want to say anything about that? Or you didn't really have anything about that, or you don't care? Um, I just, I did put, I just had a general thing about the setting. Just that Nolan's Batman movies are a more realistic, not fully real. He fucking has still has the bat wings and stuff <laughs> or the uh you know some of those stuff is still you know it's just it's more set in reality than the comics 
But as far as like the actual location, the look, uh, I don't really have anything addressing that. But I agree. Well, with that you. was always, it's always been a you. really important part of uh, Batman. Yes, that the animated series, the Burton movies, even the TV show. There weren't very many scenes of Gotham, but it had a very stylized look to it. Most of the scenes in the in the TV show were in daytime too, weren't they? Yeah, and the, it was horrible. It was terrible. <laughs> Uh, and most of the city scenes, though, were just them climbing up the buildings with the ropes. Yes. Remember, which was like, you know, people would stick their heads out. It was almost like a Sesame Street yeah, skit yeah. or whatever. Uh, <laughs> my number, number, I guess I'll call it number nine if I'm going to descending order, but the prison. Let's talk about the prison for a minute. Here's some things we know about this prison that Bane grew up in and whatever. Or the girl grew up in, whatever the deal was. Talia. I don't know. Number one, anyone can be thrown into the prison arbitrarily for no reason at all. Bruce Wayne was. Number two, if one prisoner escapes, he's allowed to free everyone else in the prison. But then again, who's going to stop him? There are no guards or warden in this prison, and that prison gets better TV reception than I do at my house. Now, <laughs> can you explain any of this stuff to me? There's no prison, there's no guards, there's no warden. Anybody can be thrown in there. It doesn't really seem like, other than the fact that there's the hole in the... But then I just don't get it. I just I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I get it as an idea or a concept, but as an actual place, it's just kind of like it's weird because it's uh, it's just not your it's not a normal prison. That's all you. I mean, well, then you get into inconsistencies with the prison. People to get rid of them, frankly. where you clearly see all around the hole, and then as he's climbing up, suddenly there's a gap where these bats come flying out of just for a fact or whatever. But there was no hole there through the whole rest of the movie in the prison shop. It's just, it's just kind of weird. Like, no, there is no prison like that because most of them have guards and yes. wardens. Yeah, it was well. That was and the, there's some. That uh, was the whole idea. There's some that basis they, for you getting put in there. That was the whole idea, though, was that it didn't need guards because no one could get out. They just let the prisoners. It was like the prison, the prisons in Mexico, where it's like who a little put, city where they just who let the decides who goes in the prison? Anybody can be thrown in there. You just throw yeah. whoever you want in there. <laughs> that's that what Bane did to Bruce Wayne. Yes. No, I don't. That's. I that mean, that's doesn't what make he any did. sense. I'm, I'm agreeing that with that. That makes no sense. But yeah. I don't know. Okay. Number eight The Clean Slate Program. It's a highly valued and program that all these people think is awesome, and yet the Robin, or whatever you want to call him, character, proves how stupid this program is by carrying the giant paper file of Selena Kyle's criminal records. Now, no computer program is going to instantly incinerate all of your criminal records that are on paper files all throughout every state, county, and city where you've committed crimes. It's a stupid idea that was put in there for <laughs> nothing. It doesn't make any sense. It was so they could put Catwoman in the movie. Otherwise, she doesn't do anything unless you count one of these other things I'll talk about in a second. Anything you want to say about the Clean Slate program and how it was a good idea plot device? Clean Slate? I I mean, I don't know exactly the mechanisms around it. I don't know if it's something... She was like, trying to get her hand on it because it's supposed to supposedly clear your name from all computer well, what records. what if it's Senna, uh, somehow there's an email that goes from a senator or whatever, and they're like, hey, let this person off, like, with the... Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, there's no... It's just silly. It's, it's pretty silly. Unless magic is involved, you're not really getting rid of anything. Next. This is kind of a three-parter here. The CIA... The Gotham City Police Department and Jim Gordon are all stupid and completely terrible at their jobs. And here's just one example for each of them as I go explaining this. The CIA. On the plane with Bane, they have absolutely, A, no idea Bane's on the plane because they didn't look at the hooded figures. And they had no idea they were being shadowed by another technologically inferior plane. That makes no sense. It's just kind of silly. The Gotham City Police Department. Everybody in the sewer! <laughs> like, that is just... 
That's like, I don't know, eighth grade kids asked about tactical maneuvers would probably be like, maybe some of us should stay here. I mean, that's silly. And then Jim Gordon, who has known Batman since he first arrived on the scene, is the last person in Gotham City to find out that he's Bruce Wayne. By the time Jim Gordon finds out, you're kind of like, eh, everybody else knows. I didn't feel that way at all. You have to. How does he not know? He knows both of those people better than anybody else. Maybe because he's too close to it. Maybe that's part of why he doesn't know. I don't know. Why the fuck doesn't Lois know Superman? That was Clark not Kent? the Jim Gordon <laughs> from <laughs> Batman Year One. Superman okay, does anyone agree with me? Anybody seen Batman Year One? Yes. That was not Jim Gordon from Batman Year One. No. That was not that was not the same guy. It really goes against character, and you'll see that's a common theme throughout this. All right, next word. What am I at? Oh, fault six, I did I have something that addressed that, but no, as far as uh, Commissioner Gordon not being like he is in Batman Year One, I just put every comic show movie that they've done of Batman has a different version of all the characters. So there are always slight changes. Fucking, there was a 19, the 1960s show version of the Jim Commissioner Gordon, from, Gordon was ridiculous. The Jim Gordon from Batman Begins. And he barely, would not be fooled for all those years. And be the last person to find out that Batman is... Lando dead. Calrissian didn't know shit. And the, and the other one, he didn't do anything. He didn't know about him. Like, Lando just Calrissian. Saying, <laughs> the first Harvey Dent. <laughs> That's right. He was Harvey Dent. It was the guy with the mustache. The heavyset guy. That was Commissioner Gordon, wasn't it? So whatever. I mean... I'm just saying, like... Just in general, just they do things like that, are, that, that to further the plot along that make no sense logically. It's just kind of silly. Six is, uh, okay, how the Robin guy takes one look at Bruce Wayne and just intuits and just knows that he's Batman. That's in the comic, though, with uh, no, Tim not. Drake. No, it's not. He doesn't take a look at Bruce Wayne and be like... Oh my God! I can tell that your parents were killed, and you now obsessively fight crime at night. Tim Drake research was did detective work surrounding it. That guy did not do any detective work. He looked at him and was like, "I think he's Batman." And not only was that fucked up, it happens in the first act of the movie. But Why he- to further this crazy story where Batman gives everything up, his life and his castle and everything else. And then gives him the cave. But he says that he saw him as a kid and thought those things about him. And it was like it seemed like it was something that boiled over years. So it wasn't uh, like in the scene, it was like you're Batman. It's just that was the first time he actually got to meet him. It was, it was like, pretty much like I think that. you're Batman. He figured it out a lot faster than the police commissioner who had known him for years. Like I said, maybe he's too close. Mm, right, maybe. Okay, we talked about this other one, and Sean, I, you you brought up some good points, but I still don't. When does Ra's al Ghul take the time to tell Talia and Bane about Bruce's identity? And are we to believe that Ra's has planned for failure? That he put in this big, elaborate plan of putting her in place at, I mean, at Wayne Industries or whatever, like Wayne Tech or whatever the fuck they call it on the show? That's what like, I don't, I don't understand. It's so inconsistent with his character to be like, well, in case I lose. That wasn't it. He was all about doing whatever it took to get your goal, you know, to do it and, and do it. Well, and I mean, off. isn't that part of it? Doing whatever it takes? That could be informing his daughter. Make sure that if something happens, when? having a fail When, though? I, maybe, I, I just, I mean, it, it in just between, seems crazy. That's what, I mean, when you have Again, it's, a, it's to better the plot along well Bane and Talia arrive on the scene knowing it obviously that gives them the upper hand blah 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 number what is this four Catwoman and a car wreck take out the two movies main villains Batman fakes his own death <laughs> yeah <that's- laughs> isn't this backwards shouldn't he take out the villains and then she fakes her death and then at the end you see her like scaling a rooftop somewhere yeah, like, Batman why that's that is silly she shoots Bane and Talia dies in a fucking car wreck 
Batman's like, I learned how to autopilot the plane and fake my own death and go to Paris. <laughs> Fucking stupid. I will say, uh, I do... I thought it was very weird that they... Like, if they're going to put him in that situation, he should have died. Or they should have at least left it open-ended as to whether or not he lived through that. Like, maybe whenever Alfred goes to that little restaurant in Paris... Did when anybody, the- when you were watching that, did any of you actually, for a second, believe he was dead? Yeah. Bullshit. There's no way you thought that. There's no way you were sitting there thinking, well, I guess no one's Batman's dead. Well, what is it? He flies out there. It's like four seconds left. There's like five seconds. They show the clock. They show his face. Show the clock. It's five seconds. Boom. It's like in a fucking nuclear bomb. Like, yeah. you're like, how the fuck would he make the it out of that? Wow, weird. Batman. So now, now you're on the flip side. You're like, wow, this doesn't make any sense. I can't have any time to do yeah, anything. I'm not Especially saying. Especially since Morgan Freeman, the guy that invented the fucking bat plane thing, couldn't figure out the autopilot. Bruce Wayne's like, I got enough money to do it. Just in time to get away that. while the one chick dies in the car wreck and then my new girlfriend just shot my arch and everything. <laughs> Alright, also then at number three I have Bruce and Alfred, despite the manor having been infiltrated by the League of Shadows in the first movie, right? Still not doing background checks on the people that work in the manor. They still just let in anybody, including jewel thieves, that miraculously can break into billionaire saves. I you know doesn't seem it's pretty crazy that they would do that. That he would go back to that, see, is where I'm getting with this. It's just all this stuff just seems jumbled up together and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Alfred, this is my number two. Alfred, despite dedicating his entire life to the Wayne family and being a guardian to Bruce, basically throws a tantrum and just quits in some random hallway in the manor with some and if you go back and watch it, it's some of the clunkiest, weird, awkward dialogue in the whole the Batman way. franchise, including the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It's just really clunky and doesn't it doesn't go. It doesn't fly. I, if you watch it again, it's just a really odd scene. And that the whole concept of that is really bad. It's just it's just doesn't come from the right place and it's obviously shows that this is not a Batman movie. This that Nolan really doesn't know much about what makes Batman Batman to me. This is the problem I have and why it kind of has and it obviously I guess hasn't ruined those other two movies for me, but it just yeah. makes all of them a little less awesome to me. Gotcha. The number one reason this movie is just is stupid, basically. It makes no sense is that the death of Rachel Dawes is equal to or greater than the death of his parents. Enough so that he gives up his lifelong obsession-driven thing with this one-man war against crime, and Batman quits. He quits because of Rachel Dawes. And not only quits, shacks up with some criminal chick that he just met. Let me Now, let, hold on. Before you, you start... Okay. She caught him on the rebound. I want to say... <laughs> You had brought up before when I complained about the Spider-Man movies and how these people want to jam all this stuff in there. You said that they want to hit like the high points of the character, you know. But you have to understand that Batman has been around for like 70, almost 75 years, okay? You can't fit all that in three movies. Oh, yeah. That does I just, that doesn't fly with me. I, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And the whole thing even would have been made a little better by, A, him not quitting, the Robin guy just put him out of the movie. I, I like the that the guy Jordan uh, Gordon Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Jo- yeah, yeah, there you go. I like that guy. Yeah, he's. A I great think he's actor. a great actor, and he was good in the movie, but his part didn't was unnecessary. Uh, I had a feeling that was going to be close to your top, and that's one of the things I really addressed in my defense of the movie. I'm not saying Dark Knight Rises is perfect. I'll talk about the things I like and the things that are bad, but. I mean, I think it would be you'd be hard pressed to deny that there was nothing good about the movie. 
But like you, even you said, it was a good movie. But it's Tom not Hardy is phenomenal. Tom Hardy as Bane was great. I do kind of wish they had maybe kept Tom Hardy's voice, but cast like Nathan Jones. <laughs> Cause, right. Because I mean, they, they don't have to see the face anyway. anyway. They could have had anybody. The other thing over. is though that bothered me though, and though Bane looked pretty cool, like. That mask is supposed to be delivering drugs to him constantly because he's in pain. Where are the drugs coming from? Like, there's no hoses or anything. Yeah. Like, it, it's just kind of like it's a strange. You know, that's a minor gripe. And and again, there are a lot of other things I thought were that didn't make sense about the movie, but I've tried to keep it down to oh yeah, kind of a small let me thing here. Here are the big things I just want to address: is that since this is Nolan's version of Batman, things are going to be a little different from, and every person that's who's taken on different. the character. Everyone who's written for the character has changed some things around. But since Batman, this version of Batman is more realistic, some of the things that are I think are changed, like for one, like trying to fight crime on a small scale is pointless. And I think from the very beginning of that, they kind of established, like when he comes back to Gotham, he's not going around like stopping, you know, robbers and stuff. Because that's, you can't, it's too hard to try to find when and where that's going to happen. Those kind of spontaneous crimes. He's looking at taking out mafia, organized crime, going through all the stuff. He comes back for Falcone, and the second one, he's dealing with Falcone and all the different organized crimes in Gotham. And actually works with Gordon to take them down. Batman understands that you have to go for Big Fish. So, I mean, of course, there are all these major things that happen. Like, he ends up stopping the League of Shadows in the first one. And at the beginning of Dark Knight, again, he's dealing with, like, a drug deal, trying to stop the Scarecrow. And works with uh, Dent and Gordon to stop organized crime. Enter the Joker in the second one. We can't, for one, I want to say that he, we can't be sure that he doesn't exist in part because of Batman. Like, it seems like Batman's presence and the public eye and what he's doing, that sort of drew the Joker out. And the Joker's first thing he comes in to do is like, I'm going to catch the Batman for you. Hey, does you. this have anything to do with the third movie? Yeah, we're getting okay. there. Okay. So Joker sees, there's an important part, the Joker sees that Bat, Batman leaps to save Rachel. Whenever that, remember he's, oh, I saw the way you jumped to save her. He's like, he could tell that there was something else there for why he saved Rachel at that scene when he threw out the window. And so in part, not only because Joker maybe in part for one exists because of Batman, but for two, because it was Batman's mistake and letting him know, letting the Joker know how much he cared about it. In a way, he's, he plays a part in her death. And I think that's part of why he's so affected by it. And let's, Take a thing. For one, she may have been his ex at the time in Dark Knight, but we can't forget that Rachel is was his childhood sweetheart. They grew up together. They've always been friends. He's always cared about her. And they were in a relationship for a period of time between Batman Begins and Dark Knight, but it fell apart because she couldn't put up with his life. So, hold on. It doesn't make any sense. I'm getting there. Hold on. So, so the thing is, so Joker sets Rachel up to die. Batman knows that it's partially his fault. He couldn't do it. So uh, at the end of Dark Knight, Batman's uh, physically... Uh, at, yeah, he's physically and emotionally messed up. He takes the rap for all the murders and crimes of, crimes of Harvey Dent. By doing that, everything that di- that he did, then Harvey wouldn't... Everything that Harvey did wouldn't be undone because he took the rap for that stuff. And that's why he quits because he doesn't need to be there. Be- because of what Harvey did, Harvey's the one, when they all work together, they took out the major organized crime. So there was no need for Batman because the, I mean, that's the whole point at the end of that second movie was that the legacy of what Harvey Dent did lives on. That's what saves the city. And you throw in the fact that he's not needed because of that, but also he has guilt from what happened to Harvey because he, I think he feels that he played a part because the Joker 
what happened with Rachel, everything. I mean, he's in part responsible with what happened with Harvey losing his mind and Harvey eventually dying. And so because he couldn't save them, he couldn't save them any more than he could his parents. And so it's like you tie all that in, he has a lot of reasons to quit. I think so it's the opposite, though. What you just said, he has all these reasons to continue this fight that he's but got he, going on. There's no fight. Well, he what won. are you talking about? He won. No, no, here's the main problem with your argument. Oh, no, no, hold on a minute. This is the main you problem. I listen to Utah. This is the main problem with your argument. This is the main problem with your argument. You're confusing the movie with reality. The Joker did not die. Him and all the other crazy motherfuckers that scarecrow everybody else are still out there. That's what Batman's here for. Joker's locked up in Arkham at the end of Dark Knight. Oh, he'll probably stay there for the rest of his life and never escape. Well, in real life, yes. <laughs> no, not in real or life. Or in this real, more they realistic. people out of prison all the time. In this one, he's. Uh, we can only assume I'm just saying, there. there is still a reason for Batman. In, a, in right. a perfect little world, it would be like, yeah, that's how Batman just... Or that's how Bruce Wayne just retires. But that's really... I don't know, if that's why he quit, I view it more as the Joker wins. Like, the Joker wins that fight. That's exactly why the Joker didn't win. Because he saved the legacy of Harvey Dent. He saved the the heart of the spirit of the city. And their belief and hope, he saved that. That was the whole point. That was why he was willing to take it. That's why there's that whole speech at the end when the Joker's hanging upside down. He's like, do you think that I would risk the battle for the heart of Gotham and a fist And then Bane produces the letter saying that it was all a big lie. And that's when I'm like, ten years later. So, but at the time, that's part of why he quits no, because the obviously, guilt as soon as Bane reads the letter, now you need Batman again, right? Because Harvey's bullshit was well, all bullshit. They need him for for one because he unravels it with le- releasing. He the, needed Batman to quit so he could wrap up it in a nice little but tiny also, bow and make a movie out of it. But also with wrap it all up. Bane coming back, they needed him more. So it doesn't seem like Batman just to lie to people. Eight years. It was better. That's he had to do it. That's the whole point of that end speech. I, he's not I, I know that's. I know that's the point, and maybe that's. Maybe just that's a reason subconsciously why Batman begins. To I don't think. My I don't. <laughs> I think that like Nolan, Sean, you don't understand the basic motivation for Batman. I don't see how this makes sense to you at all. No, I know that you like Batman. That you read the comics and stuff, but I don't get how this makes any sense to you. Because that he would this, just quit in this universe and the Nolan's universe. You mean the universe where anybody can go to prison, the CIA, the police are all retarded. The same one. Uh, You go from (laughs) Chicago to Philly and it's supposed to be the same place. But I'm just saying that in that, because he takes that that on himself, because he allows them to think that he was the one who killed the five people, he he accepts that he's going to be the villain, but by saving, by making sure that all the work that Harvey Dent did wasn't undone... All the big organized criminals, they were all put away. The, the city had peace for all, like, relative peace for all that time. They talked about that at the very beginning of Dark, Knight, of Dark Knight Rises when they had the speech in Commissioner. And he thought about revealing the truth, but he holds off because he sees the good. Like, they had the, the Harvey Dent actor where they talked about that at the beginning of it. Like I guess if you think about it like The Watchmen, and like, in the sense yes. of it's like a retired superhero coming back, I guess that, like, if you think of it that Whoa, way... Well, okay, then work. let's think about it that way. So Nolan did what he thought was his version of The Dark Knight Returns and it sucked balls compared to the animated one. I guess we're done. Well, here's some other things I was going to say. There are, I thought there was some, uh, to bring up Dark Knight Returns, Batman did quit for 10 years and why was Yeah, after 40 years of doing it. But of course, in this version, it's more realistic in that Batman can't go out and get beat up every night. He can't get shot in the stomach and fall off a building and bust up his knee. Like, 
Well, he the Batman in the comics can turn his head for one thing the whole time, <laughs> not just two years after but he started. But he needed. I mean, for one, there was the physical damage, which that he could recover from, and he does by the time Dark Knight okay, Rises comes. Now I'm getting a little confused. Do you go watch superhero movies because you want to see something that's realistic? I'm, Is that why you go? I'm just saying because you want to see something that's really realistic. I'm just saying that there's that physical. So basically, the first night he goes out, some three big bangers shoot him, and he's dead. <laughs> but I mean. You know, I think we're underestimating, underestimating how much he cared for Rachel and how much guilt he may have felt. Why? Rachel. Why would he give a shit about her? I don't understand they this. They grew part. up together their whole lives. After his there. parents were murdered in front of him. After. Or before oh. that. And if it's before that, how the fuck does he even remember this girl? What was the whole point for? of him coming back? What was he trying to do for his parents to fix the city that his father cared about so much? Wasn't that the point? What does that have to do with her? Because he Why fixed would he quit? Because with Harvey dead. Dent. He didn't need... There was no more fight. He fixed it with Harvey Dent. The Joker's still out there. The Joker's locked up in Arkham. The Joker does not pop up in that eight-year period. They never mention anything about him getting out. He doesn't get out. He's still around. We can only and you're arguing earlier about how Batman is, is Pop causing these things. He could put to death, for all we know. I mean, we don't know. All we know is that he's not out there committing crimes. He's not a role in the last movie, so... He's, he's a non He's still out there. And other people like him are still out there. But the fact is, he saved the city. And that's what he set out to do for his parents. So he accomplished that goal. I'm going to say that Dark Knight Rises is a nightmare of jokers. <laughs> in Arkham's <laughs> I have this really bad dream. Well, I was just going to say, uh, he did quit 10 years in uh, Dark Knight Returns, basically because the government was saying to stop. Yeah. And that's why they quit there, because the government came down and everybody else... Superman is obviously able to still operate because he can just travel at speeds that make him invisible. Well, he's working for the government. Right, but he couldn't take it. Batman, because of this obsession, couldn't stay away. Even after being away from it for 10 years, couldn't stay away from it and had to Same go back to it. Same thing in The Dark Knight Rises. He goes back to it. Couldn't stay away. No, he retires and goes back to Paris. <laughs> Let's see. Now, uh, that movie would have been way better if he's at that cafe, he turns and looks at Alfred... He turns back, and the cat woman has a big grin on her face, and she's dead, and a Joker card falls out of her newspaper. <laughs> Cut to the credits. That just gonna, made that movie way better, because now he's Batman again. I was going to say, um, I didn't like how in Dark Knight Returns, though, where at the end, he trains a bunch of the gang kids. He starts training them to become, like, his Batman army. And it's not like he picked them out for anything character-wise, or they were kids who needed someone to follow, and so he took them under his reins. going to take the kids from the and you know, boys and girls. At least with Robin Blake. Safe. You know, with Robin Blake, I don't, I didn't necessarily like that there was no training given or anything. But the whole message of the, the one of the big things in that first movie, in Batman Begins, training is nothing. Will is everything. And so in Robin Blake, I think he saw the will to do what was needed to be done as Batman. Well, I'd like and to go ahead and go back and say him. that there is a problem with Batman Begins, then, because that's not Batman. That's not the Batman character Batman from the comic books. All those years. Yeah. All those years. And that's one of the things that they kind of make it like, in that movie, it kind of almost seems like that's the only training he had was what he had with Liam Neeson. You know what I mean? That nobody's ever done like him actually studying to be the world's greatest detective in all these places and all these different martial arts and all over the world and all that money that he's spent. 18 years or whatever he was gone studying all this stuff. And I don't know. It, it's just that third movie. I mean, I've been a Batman fan forever, my whole life. And it just wasn't, it was just completely. Maybe it was the way Bale played it. It's it's just not Batman. It's not good. Also, he doesn't take out the main villains. Catwoman and a car wreck do that. I don't understand that. With the uh, I can add a list of good and bad things. I just I like the acting in it overall. I like the fight 
in the first fight and the second fight, the, both the fights between Bane and Batman. Because the rest of the head-to-head fights are pretty bad. I like the emotional scenes, all the highlights they hit in that with the characters. And especially the story with, uh, I thought the story with Talia and Bane, regardless of how it fits in continuity, I just thought it was well done and like just a sincere story like where you finally figured out he wasn't the one who climbed out. And that it was this little girl, and like he did everything he did to save. There's something I don't know, really touching about that scene where they revealed that Batman making the sacrifice, even though I'd rather he and he didn't necessarily make a sacrifice because he didn't die. But that whole thing there, just the whole idea of it when it was occurring, I liked the way it was being done. He was so affected by Rachel's um, death, he hooked up with two different women in that movie. Batman evading the police, I like that scene a lot. I did too. I thought that was really cool. Oh, and, you know, regardless of how you feel about the setting of the prison, the whole idea of Batman breaking his back and everything, healing up and getting out of there and being able to do it, his rise, I thought it was pretty cool. Just the way, like, it's all put together. Like, I understand there are problems with the whole idea of the prison. Even when he gets out, like, how the fuck does he get back to God? The whole thing, how they where, have, how like, this perfect TV reception. <laughs> like, it's in San Diego or something. Like, no, I just... Um, or with the... Oh, I like the football stadium, that exploding. Bane, even though, like you said, how did they not pick up the other airplane? There are certain things, you know, suspension disbelief with the movies. Like, it was just kind of cool. Oh, by the way, escapes. just as a little side note, they got the CIA guy, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had the plane. What did you, the, what with did the you guys like? What did uh, you like? Oh, sorry. No, you tell me yeah, I just uh, like with the prison. Yeah, with like with him rising up, with him getting out, I guess some form of symbolism forced maybe with the kind of just like going back to the first one where you know like he falls down the bats come out yes and this is like he now is the bat and he's getting out of the tunnel and going off into the light it's too obvious i would say like too too much it's like when morgan freeman goes yeah this is the wing or whatever you want to call it the <laughs> autopilot's not working but other than that it's fine who didn't know that at some point it was going to be like I guess I did get that all piled over it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. It seemed pretty, like, why would he say that if it wasn't going to be relevant? Was there anything that we haven't talked about that you guys really liked? Or anything I didn't mention? Uh, just a little tidbit. I love the part where Bruce Wayne pulls up to the paparazzi and he has a little gadget that yeah, fucks up all their, fucks all <laughs> all their, their cameras yeah. and shit. That was nice. <laughs> that, that was great. It's one of my personal favorite parts. I liked his facial hair. I like the <laughs> Killian Murphy making an appearance in the movie. Is that how you pronounce his name? Killian? I believe so. Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, Great yeah beard, he did too. have a nice, and a very weird, is, uh, there's a whole thing there, a whole thing there where there were like um, the uh, Tale of Two Cities. Did you guys ever have to read that? Yeah. There was a big, a lot of things in there were similar, and they even had that speech, which I really liked, the whole scene, which, which I, though I didn't like that Batman had to lie to uh, to Alfred to let him think that he was dead, but maybe it was partially because he wanted to make sure that people who were there knew that he was sincerely, like, didn't want him to know, like, so then everyone thought he was dead. I'm going to make Michael <laughs> Caine uh, cry but, Yeah, yeah, that's pretty harsh. But, uh, <laughs> but there was that scene, and whenever he, uh, Commissioner Gordon was reading, he actually quotes Tale Two Cities as, "'Tis a far, far better thing I do than I've ever done before," and all that. I thought that was really well done. And, yeah, I like the whole... Where the town's just going crazy and they have the, the scarecrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the court <laughs> judge and Jerry. <laughs> Send him out to the ice. What was it? It was like either death or... Exile. Exile. <laughs> like, okay, then death. 
by Exile. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, was there anything else, uh, Fred? Was there anything you really liked that we didn't bring up? <laughs> no. I don't know. I thought Tom Hardy was good in Tom that Hardy movie. Was good. No, I, I know. I like Gary Oldman with his voice. So again, much like with. Matthew Modine much, was superfluous and didn't need to be in it at all. I don't know why he was even there. Much like uh, in Batman Begins, when I first heard the voice of Bale, I was like, ooh, or not Bale, uh, Bane. I was just like, I don't know. Like, well, I'm like, I, you know, you just. <laughs> yeah, he sounded like Sean Connery with a snorkel Yeah, a mask. little bit of Sean Connery in there. A lot of Sean Connery yeah. with a, a little bit of something else, maybe. Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> They mixed them to both of those together, but it, it threw me off at first. But then I started to like it, and I thought it worked. Eventually, it just took a little bit to get used to. Uh, things I didn't like, like I said, Bane's voice at first. Catwoman shooting Bane. I also thought that was kind of ridiculous. Just like, just not the more, way, more than magic, kind of. Yeah. Not the way just, it should have gone down. It's like the monkey from Indiana Jones shooting the sword they guy had instead their of Indy doing fight. it. Batman's <laughs> beat him, and then. I was like, what? That's how you're going to take See, out See, 3PO man. shot the Emperor? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, he's a fucking dead shot. <laughs> <laughs> and also, now, I put a question mark into this, because I've got a little bit of news that I didn't bring up. I thought I included it in there, but I didn't. For some reason, I forgot. Put it, Batman quitting. I'm also a little disappointed by that. And like I said, I'd rather they had left it open-ended. Just had Alfred maybe look up and then cut. So you didn't know whether or not he was going to be there. But I'm going to put a question mark to Batman quitting. And friend, you may not be happy about this. <laughs> but it looks like reports are coming in that Christopher Nolan is going to be overseeing the Justice League. And that Bale may be coming back as Batman. And he may be doing like... Batman, Superman, and all this other stuff. They're looking at uh, Nolan sticking with it. They're, Henry, really that doesn't Cavill. scare me at all. The Justice League movie will never be made. But they may do a Batman. Yeah, just for those two alone, I think. They will be made. That's it for this episode of CIA. Andy, thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me. CIA over and out. 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 CIA over and out.